Warning, this podcast contains scenes of explicit nonsense and lore. Previously on the Resident Evil podcast. Kim was trying to share it to me and I was like, no, I want to try and play this for myself. But then discovered that, you know, Xbox owners are, are scum. Fuck you, I'm going to go and make my own uh, secret to immortality with blackjack and hookers. Because the game design is still being used, people don't feel that Resident Evil 4 is as old as it is. I feel as though Ori 4 is just one of those games that was the product of a Faustian deal that was made between Shinji Mikami and some greater power. By the time you finish not only the main campaign, you've had a couple of name drops from Krauser, and then fucking Wesker turns up in the assignment Ada ending to basically talk about bringing back Umbrella, and I'm like, well what the fuck was the reset for then? Welcome to episode 67 of the Resident Evil podcast. Spreading the biohazard joy like a mad umbrella scientist spreads the T-virus. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, B.O.W. of the Deep Blue Sea. Let's see who's joining us today. Once a famous protector of Gotham, now a protector of the law, it's the Batman. Hello. Despite his frequent protestations, he is now regularly seen in public wearing a hat. It stars Tyrant. Hello. And he may live upside down, but his contributions are the right way round. Most of the time. It's Rombie. Hello. <laughs> Coming up on today's podcast, as suggested by AJ on our Discord, with Resident Evil Village just around the corner and interest in the series ever increasing, what better time to provide a public service announcement with an overview of the entire series? What to get, what to avoid, what's canon and where to start, and crucially, to compile a top 10 essential list of Resident Evil games to prepare you for Resident Evil Village. We'll come into a bit more detail in, in, in a short while, but we're going to have a whirlwind tour of the past 25 years finishing up with another edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz but before we start that we'll look at the latest gaming news Tiny bit of uh, village news, everyone. This came from director Sato, who told Edge magazine that players playing Village should expect a surprise you couldn't possibly could sorry, could possibly imagine an Ethan in his storyline. So expect some twists and turns in in the latest release, which is now at the time of recording two months away. Now, it's a nice little tidbit, something to get to quench the appetite. Ethan, he's Ark. <laughs> that would be a twist and a half. <laughs> No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> when they tend to sort of um, big these things up, it's going to be a that's it moment when we get to Village, isn't it? The Ethan W from Resident Evil 5, isn't he? For anyone know where Ethan W was on the list, was is one of the lists of uh, in Resident Evil 5, which happens to be... He died in that, at least he's, he's marked as dead, but that's never stopped Capcom before. Yeah. doesn't stop a community either. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yes, uh, Sean, you're you're spot on actually in, in many ways. Uh, but there has been a lot of talk from a lot of the directors and producers. They've all been bigging it up as you know one of their favourite experiences. I think um, Fabiano said lots of influences from Resident Evil Four, which I think we've all kind of seen from some of the videos. But a, a lot have been saying it's also one of the best storylines they've ever done and that's quite unusual they don't i don't think I, I can recall many times they've said this particular game has a great story so uh, again fingers crossed with that absolutely I, for me it's um the most excitement i think i've felt for a new title since uh, resident evil 5 in terms of the storyline actually holding some sort of promise now that's not to say i wasn't looking forward to resident evil 7 of course but there was so much unknown about that title whether it would work in vr and whether the switch to first person would be wholly successful and ultimately you know for me it was but now that I know that they've kind of they've got those things right with Seven and they're really focusing on what I hope is the story in this and with the mystery of the the families and the you know the umbrella logo yeah I would say this is easily the most sort of excited I've been for a new title since Five and that's that's a lot I think a lot to say I'm really looking forward to it as well very intrigued to see what Chris's role in the game is and how they're actually going to flesh Ethan out as a character and Mia as well Um, I'm expecting it to be pretty self-contained a bit like Resident Evil 7. However, I am hoping there'll be some juicy files that'll expand on the connections and Blue Umbrella a bit. But I'm a bit cautious when it comes to producer and development statements about the game, particularly the storyline, because I distinctly remember Mazachika Kawata saying Resident Evil Revelations was the best storyline they'd ever done in the build-up to that game coming out. And I know most of the community doesn't really like that story, so be a bit pessimistic about that one, personally. I have a better memory than I do. Then I don't. <laughs> I can't remember him coming out with that. But there we go. Uh, Rob, did you want to? Uh, what, what's your kind of feelings on uh, Village? With the more tidbits we get, oh, I'm just looking forward to the game coming out. I, I'll take it as it comes. I think. Yeah, this, I'm not. I'm. I think I'm keeping mint aside. I'm just. I'm just happy I managed to find the collector's edition. That's all that matters to me right now. Oh yes, yes. For uh, our oceanic friends uh, that get re- released locally, didn't it? Who were the who were the um, yeah producers, I, distributors? Should I say? I'm assuming it's just all the usual stores down here. So JB, EB, uh, Mighty Ape, all that sort of stuff have have got it. But it, we through Capcom. Capcom has a sub distributor in Australia that's just labelled Capcom Australia, so it'll be through them. So. Ah. Um, they didn't make it an exclusive to anywhere so it's just probably limited in numbers as it always is um i'm not sure if it comes it may only be in a ps4 xbox one period no new one for the series x or ps5 i'm not sure because it seemed to be listed as ps4 with a free ps5 upgrade and playable on the xbox series x yes but i could be wrong it's just it could be the listings available for now because they did have a listed for both but well ne- our next podcast will of course be the uh, our final preview so we'll be having a nice discussion about that before the game is released uh, live action movie news oh yes uh, Resident Evil, the reboot, the most, most anticipated movie of the year, said no one, uh, is being released on the 3rd of September by Sony. No trailer has yet been released, but I'm sure many of you would have seen a lot of the set photos that uh, happened. Uh, oh, must have been a good three, four months ago now, I think, maybe a bit longer. And anticipation and hype has been building. And I, for one, am excited. for. Uh, and I mentioned this to the community as well for a couple of reasons. Firstly, yes, it does look better. It looks more faithful to the games. 
We've seen Raccoon City being presented very, very similar to that in the remakes. But also, if it does come out on 3rd of September and it does come out of the cinemas, then fingers crossed that bit get, uh, we'll, we'll have a bit more normality back in this in this crazy year and be able to actually go and watch it in the cinema as intended, which would be great. So many films are being uh, pushed onto uh, streaming services. I, for one, would be very welcome to go back to the cinema to be able to see this film. So, fingers crossed. Sean, you're a big fan of the live-action movies. Are you excited about this? You know what? I'll go in with um, tempered, expe- <laughs> go in with tempered expectations, um, let's say. I, li- I like a lot of the cast members attached to it, so if nothing else, provided they've got certain designs and and stuff very similar to the games which you know just from seeing like the rpd gates and things it can't be any worse so let's take that as optimism absolutely rob you're now of course in the new situation Uh, new New, new zealand's a bit different uh you're the land of very very Mm. little covid so are cinemas open at the moment yes yeah they have been so most of the cinema races so for example the new mortal Kombat movie is coming out in a month or so's time it'll be coming out at cinemas here wonder woman came out here um so i'll probably if it does come out i'll probably being able to end up seeing cinemas but hopefully by september or so everyone can go start seeing stuff at cinemas again because numbers have dropped off and the uptake in vaccines i'm 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 positive about the, the production design i think it looks like someone's paid attention which is kind of good and if it that's good then hopefully the script is also done that's the same level so i'm cautiously optimistic but you know it's not exactly a high bar to pass so if it's at least better than the previous ones then it's <laughs> then it's at least an improvement uh batman are you are you, are you excited about this even that you've never been that much of a fan of the live action movies um i am yeah i mean i agree with rob the production design is what's got me excited you know i'm surprised they didn't do that in the previous films you know recreating like the rpd front gates is obviously going to get a, a lot of fans excited i think my only concern really is the fact that they're trying to combine the first two games into one story i don't know if the mansion incident is going to be flashbacks or whether they're going to change it so it all occurs on like the same night but i hope the mansion incident doesn't get shortchanged too much because i think that's an ideal horror scenario for a film of this type considering all we've had in the past is six ridiculously shit action films but yeah cautiously optimistic and i'm looking forward to the first trailer Another bit of news, Infinite Darkness news, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yes, just at the time of recording, new information has been dropped by Netflix pertaining to the new CGI series uh, that's coming out this year. Um, I think that's finally been confirmed, but no specific date has been given. You will see on our Facebook pages and Instagram pages that we've uploaded a couple of the new pictures, which show Claire and Leon. Um, And we also know that they're being reprised by uh, Nick and Stephanie from Resident Evil 2 Remake. I think it's a good thing. Not sure about what everyone else thinks. I think they did overall a good job in Remake 2. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, a new script is put forward to them. Because I think the interesting point is that they don't necessarily look like their models from Remake 2. And are more akin to the CGI models of uh, degeneration and damnation. So here's the official synopsis. So set in 2006, there were traces of improper access to secret presidential files found in the White House's network. American federal agent Leon Kennedy is among the group invited to the White House to investigate this incident, but when the lights go out, Leon and his SWAT team are forced to take down a horde of mysterious zombies. Meanwhile, TerraSave staff member 
Claire Redfield encounters a mysterious image drawn by a youth in a country she visited while providing support to refugees. Haunted by this drawing, which appears to be a victim of viral infection, Claire starts her own investigation. The next morning, Claire visits the White House to request the construction of a welfare facility. There she has a chance reunion with Leon and uses the opportunity to show him the boy's drawing. Leon seems to realise some sort of connection between the zombie outbreak at the White House and the strange drawing, but he tells Claire that there is no relation and leaves. In time, these two zombie outbreaks in distant countries lead to events that shake the nation to its very core. Why would he realise there's a, a connection but then tell her there isn't? It's a very long, <laughs> syn- it's a very long synopsis. <laughs> it's very detailed. It's very detailed. Are we basically having Resident Evil the final chapter in CGO? I wouldn't go that far, because I know we're going to pull about the, the timeline in a second but I want to go back to the voice voice cast I have no problems with the remake voice cast but I think they should have stuck with the previous choices for this because of the consistency for the other animated films it doesn't make any sense going back to 2006 and all of a sudden they sound different the way um, it's potentially written you know the way like Stephanie's Claire is written is very different to how they used to write for Alison and if you're watching like a chronological playthrough uh, or, or you know chronological run of the series going from Degeneration Claire to Stephanie's Claire in this might be quite jarring. It would depend obviously on the on the skill of the writing and we have mm. hope we have hope. But it's intriguing, isn't it? It sounds like a, a couple of separate mysteries, almost like a revelation style storyline where you've kind of got small separate things going on at different parts and how they're all connected we'll see. Batman, did you want to fill us in on what was what's going on in the world of Biohazard in two thousand and six? Yeah, it's quite a significant year. Obviously it's um the same year Spencer is killed and Wesker and Jill disappear. And it's also a year before Blue Umbrella are officially re-established as well. I'm interested why Capcom have decided to go this far back in the timeline, you know. I think everyone was expecting this to be set in between Resident Evil 7 and Village. So to go all the way back to 2006, I'm sure there has to be a specific reason for that. So I'm very interested to see what that'll be. Obviously, the White House setting itself is quite interesting. There's potential for small cameos from the likes of Derek Simmons, an opportunity to bring Hunnigan back, obviously Adam Benford as well, could sort of fill in the gap between what happens with the secret military agency he's running from the end of Resident Evil 3 when he recruits Leon to when the DSO is formed later in 2011. And there's opportunities for Claire as well with TerraSave that could maybe start to introduce Neil Fisher, characters like that. So I'm quite intrigued by the setting. There's a big opportunity here for Capcom to bring back a lot of characters from other games. Obviously, they're not going to do any of this. <laughs> I was about to say, on the scale of 1 to 10, John, what are the chances yeah. of any of that happening? I'm assuming it's just going to be another Veltro-esque terrorist group and another Gled Arius-style villain, but we've always got a hope. Because it could be, I suppose, the the rival company is still around at this point in time, where Wesker has not yet betrayed, because Lost in Nightmares is towards the end of 2006. There's potential for Wesker to be in it. It would be nice if the attack on the White House does have something, does have something to do with the rival company, and the presidential files that have been accessed could potentially contain Spencer's location, which Ada would then pass on to Wesker. As I said, there's you know there's potential to have lots of nice little connections in here, but I'm assuming it's just going to be another standalone incident, and if it's con- turned to the White House and it's not made public it won't affect things too much but obviously if there's a big sort of public zombie outbreak in Washington DC that's never referenced again it'll you know it'll be a bit shit 
Mm, this is the problem when yeah, I always backload the timeline like this. You know, the, the Terry Grigia incident not being mentioned in the RE5, you know, sort of timeline that they put in that is, is still a jarring event. Yeah. And there's a potential for this to happen again. Like you say, if it's a widespread outbreak in Washington and it's never you know, mentioned in like RE6 when Adam Benford's there, you can't make, you can't make incidents comparable with Raccoon City, but then still have Raccoon City being the catalyst to sort of everything that influences future decisions in the story. Yeah, exactly. We shall see. But this has been confirmed as a series. I think it had been before, but I think there was further iteration. And because it's Netflix, the lead-in times perhaps aren't as long as others. So expect a new trailer soon. And of course, we'll keep you uh, posted with any further developments as they come. Final bit of news, and it's big news, ladies and gentlemen. The new Resident Evil Tubbs Ducks are coming. Oh, yes, wave two. <laughs> get your pre-orders in now, for you can get a duck version of Ada, Hunk, the Merchant, Nemesis, and Tofu. These can be pre-ordered now by Just Geek in the UK, uh, priced at twelve ninety-nine each. Or if you just want to get all of them and go wild, it's £50 for all of them. And how many have you got pre-ordered, Nick? None. I don't like any of them. <laughs> I do know. I like. I think the Nemesis looks quite good. I just. I. I don't get it. I. I. I'm afraid I don't get the themed I ducks idea. I. I, I don't get it either. It's a bit weird. You sound very excited about it, Nick. Though. <laughs> I, was ex- <laughs> I was excited. Yeah. No, I, I, I like the Funko Pops. I get, but even them with the Funkos, I've only. I've only got some of the monsters. I. I, I don't like the head design of the human characters. So I've I've limited it to just like some of the BOWs, but yeah, the the ducks are come the ducks are coming. I need to point out, I like how the in the first wave the characters are based off the remakes, but when they did Nemesis, he's the OG version, he's not the new version. That's true. That is true. There is there go. a separate duck for uh, Resident Evil Seven, Chris? Completely different <laughs> duck. <playing. laughs> yeah, it's just called Redfield. 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 Redfield, yeah. My my, my former flat, my former flatmate of mine got the uh, a couple of the Last of Us one, and I I did I have to admit I did like the uh, duck click. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it because uh, I did. How was a more based podcast come to this? <laughs> it's uh, it's quackers, it's, it's... right? Um, <laughs> there is oh, <laughs> there is another piece of paper <laughs> waiting to drop <laughs> in, honey. <laughs> there is, however, some better merchandise that have just been announced by Numskull, which is far more interesting. Very recently, in the last couple. Of days, so there's a new 25th anniversary mugs coming, stars hat, baseball cap coming, a really cool umbrella light, and which I think is pluggable in uh, by mains or battery. There's some Wesker sunglasses, USB cables, wireless charging ports. These look really cool. Uh, the light, especially, is one I really, really want. But... Yeah, I've got the stars cap from when they released it last time, and it's pretty neat. But I, I do quite like the mugs. I think the mugs are all right. The raccoon, raccoon city police department, or whatever, is a good one. I've got, I've got a, the previous steel mug that they put out as well, which is a RPD one. Keep an eye out for them.
and that does conclude all the gaming news. First bit of site news, firstly, as always, would like to... And, I was going to say, and, and merchandising news. <laughs> <laughs> merchandising news. So, first bit of site news, we'd like to thank, firstly, our new patrons who have joined us uh, in, the, in the past uh, month or so when we've had our last podcast. So, a big shout-out to Dark and Rao and Jordan Osiris, who have uh, joined our Patreon page. If you're interested in joining, uh, please uh, head over to our website, and there's a link uh, on the page. But a big thank you, as always, to our new followers first bit of actual news is that you would have seen we passed 200,000 downloads very recently yeah so that's been since September 2018 and 100,000 downloads basically since uh, sorry since 2016 and 100,000 downloads since September 2018 so uh, as a special commemorative uh, thank you we released outtakes uh, volume 2 to the world uh, which still think you missed a trick on that Nick it should have, you should have called it Outtakes File 2 it should be File 2 yeah we need to go and edit that actually I think that's a good idea but <laughs> <laughs> That finish that that features some unused content, some cut news, and of course outtakes, all from episode fifty-five onwards. So, like many people, amazed that we're still having nearly an hour's worth of outtakes, despite having done this for over nine years now. But you know, that's what happens. So, uh, if you haven't listened to that, download that now. That's available on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, everywhere that we have our podcasts. <laughs> Next bit of site news, the first major, well, the major bit of site news, I'm going to hand over to uh, the Batman because we've released a new feature on our website, our Resident Evil slash Biohazard 4 lore document that we teased a bit in the last podcast where we had some of our patrons read out some uh, some of the chapter sections from the game. This has now been finalised into a new PDF document. Batman, did you want to have a quick tout for that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when I was writing the timeline, I got the research came from the Japanese books that I've acquired quite a number of throughout the last sort of 10, 15 years or so. So I've just decided to sort of, even though I'd made loads of notes, I'd never really fully translated them properly because it just seemed pointless because it would just delay release of the timeline even further. So I've decided to start translating them properly um, and just put them all into uh, one PDF for each game. So the first one is going to be Biohazard 4 and consists of all the sort of supplemental material, the sort of stuff you find in the archives books from four different Biohazard 4 guidebooks comprised into one document. And once that's released the next one we're going to do is resident evil 7 which will hopefully get out before village which will include all the necessary plot stuff that you'll need going into that game and then later down the line we'll look at doing some more for some of the older classic games so it's just you know just something to uh, add to the website and it's just going to be a downloadable document and you can get all the sort of story info that's available for resident evil 4 that's it in a nutshell fantastic no really good really interesting and uh, have some good positive feedback on that document Uh, final bit of site news, starting right now, something, again, Batman, you, you've orchestrated. We're having a bit of a countdown to Resident Evil Village, which is appropriate, considering this is what this podcast is fundamentally about. But having a bit of a community playthrough of the series. So at the time of recording, uh, most people have started on Resident Evil Zero and are making their way through the ma- management training facilities, uh, admiring the magical elevators, fighting proto-tyrants, and God knows what else. But we're going to, hopefully, as a community, 
community, kind of go through all the games leading up to uh, Resident Evil 8. So it's a real good opportunity. We've got a specific channel just to talk about what everyone's experiences are. So it's a bit like our Happy Birthday podcasts, but we're kind of bringing everyone in together. So if you want to get involved with that, hop along to our Discord. You'll find an open invite on our website. But that's been good fun. And Stars, you're streaming some of the some of your exploits uh, as you go. So you've done a bit of beginnings which is, if yeah. people are aware, the uh, one of the smaller sub-chapters from Umbrella Chronicles. We had a good time with uh, that. Well, there's no no ways about saying it. It's absolutely god-awful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just dreadful. It's, it's just, not only is it absolutely implausible with regards to sort of the game it's based around with Zero, you know, the path that Wesker takes is so derived to, to basically just shoehorn a journey that didn't need to happen. But Sergei just doesn't work. The Ivans break the canon when you consider that they're more advanced models of the creature that Wesker's working on. But then also, as people pointed out when I was streaming it, why, why is the marshalling yard already like totally infected with, you know, zombies and, you know, giant spiders and everything like that? There's been a full-blown outbreak. You know, the, the, the city should have fallen a lot earlier than it did. I know the marshalling yard, to some extent, is on the outskirts, but still, the level of sort of infection that you see in beginnings is just it's total nonsense. And I know it's a light gun game or a shooting, a point and shoot game, and you have to give it a certain amount of um, leeway to be able to put enemies in and whatnot. But no, it's, it's total nonsense. It really is. <laughs> My head cannon says that Wesker has to go to the management training facility to blow it up and set off the self destruct sequence. I know that doesn't quite tally in with what we see in Zero and in Brother Chronicles itself because it indicated that Birkin does it but I need to ju- I need to justify this quest because the, the, it doesn't well, make any exactly. sense it doesn't make exactly. any sense exactly and, I, and I'll, I'll apologise now to the viewers who were there because we had a good turnout but I do apologise for the immense sarcasm as I was trying to describe the magic elevator and the invisible lift shaft that shoots out of the marshalling yard grounds into the sky um, we, we all saw it Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But uh, I just, when you play that scenario and you see how open that area is, it's just, it's, there's absolutely no way anyone can convince me that 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 top floor of that elevator is is canonical. That does conclude all the news. So we now turn our attention to the main focal point of the podcast this evening. It's a beginner's guide to Biohazard, a Resident Evil podcast. Top 10. Resident Evil Podcast presents The Beginner's Guide to Biohazard.
welcome, welcome one and all. The purpose of this podcast is to mainly help newcomers to the series. So with Resident Evil 8 coming out, it's the first Resident Evil title I can recall actually within the console's within within a console's launch window. So this will be the next gen horror title of choice for many players new to a PlayStation 5 console and certainly one of the big AAA titles on either PlayStation or Xbox. Um, and so the, and I think many people will review it as being a must-have title just because of the still freshness of that particular series. It will, however, be a player's first step into the world of Biohazard. And without knowing anything about Resident Evil Village, what we want to try and do is compile a list of titles, an essential top 10, if you like, of games in the series which has now spanned 25 years for new players but also for older players just to uh, bring themselves up to speed which titles would you consider to be essential in the build-up to village so that's what we're going to try and go through today now you may be thinking well that's easy we'll just you know just pick the numbered games or you know just play the most recent on playstation 4 is that always the case what we're talking about today is going to be a really specific guide as to which are the most essential titles for the purposes of village storyline or what we think Village's storyline is going to be. We don't know anyone so if anyone is thinking oh god they must have read the leaks. We haven't this is pure guesswork and in fact come June people may listen back to this podcast and go oh my god why weren't you thinking about covering the Resident Evil live action movies. They are the most important you know let's hope not but you know (laughs) we don't know this is pure guesswork based on the trailers we've seen the characters involved so we're trying to compile which if you were explaining to a new fan who's going to pick up Village. They've said, I'm definitely going to pick it up. Which games should they pick up now to be up to speed with the general Biohazard storyline that's going to be relevant to Resident Evil Village? So we're going to need to make this imaginary top 10 list. So I have a a notepad document open. Oh yes, it's before the quiz and we've got notepad open. It's that serious. And we're going to put uh, our essential top 10 so everyone can comment about their views on each game and try and put an argument across as to which of the titles they believe to be essential. Is that clear, everyone? <laughs> yes. Yep. I said, we've also had some input from our patrons, and so they, they've put some feedback just so we can get a bit more external comments from the, the wider community. And in terms of how I want to do this, we're just going to go through the games one by one, and then we're going to see and have a discussion on each of those games as to which ones you think are essential. Again, we're not necessarily talking about whether the game is good or bad. It's purely about should you play it if you want the best understanding of the Resident Evil storyline going forward. So may I suggest we start with probably the easiest one to discuss, Resident Evil 7. I'm Redfield. I'm glad we found you. The fuck took you guys so long? It's one of those rare cases where, because you have to bear in mind, anyone who's like new to the series may not be aware, but the chronology of the games doesn't follow as you would expect it. So a character you might have been playing is in one game won't necessarily be in the next numbered title. The series has been very good, I think personally. I know some people disagree with this in rotating characters in and out, as and when you know, with regards to whatever stories they want to tell. Village is one of the first times where they're actually directly sequeling the events of the previous title. So, yeah, in terms of like whether Resident Evil 7 Biohazard is essential, you're going to be playing as Ethan again, who is like a returning protagonist, and it looks to follow on from the events that um, uh, happened in the Baker plantation. So, yeah, it's absolutely essential. And because the series experienced a kind of story reset, if you like, although not quite as drastic as uh, Resident Evil 4's reset, um, it's also a great entry point for anybody 
somebody who is looking to join the series without necessarily having the weight of the baggage intimidating them. You can go into that game and it's a fresh new experience. It just has a seven in its title. That's the only thing that really would put someone off, I think. But as an experience, it's 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 brand new. Batman, do you have any anything you want to add to that? Is there any disagreement at all? No, not at all. I would agree with that completely. It's a very good starting off point because, as Sean said, it's, it's it's a story reset in many respects. You know, we had a brand new Mir as well, both of which would be in Village. The mold stroke fungus mutamycete bioweapon was obviously a brand new thing in Resident Evil 7 and we're assuming, although I don't think we've actually had any solid hints yet, that that's going to make a return in Village. And obviously you've got hints of Umbrella Corporation and, and Chris Redfield is the only returning aspect from previous games, although that's kind of a, an ironic statement given how he looked and Sounded in the game, you know, he was a stranger to pretty much all of us. <laughs> so it's it's a perfect jumping in point, more so than remake, I would say, um, in terms of going into village. Um, you know, even all the files and backstory, it's, it is pretty much all standalone apart from the odd reference. So I can't think of a more perfect way to uh, jump into the series. And obviously, by extension, that goes into gameplay and perspective as just as well as story. So perfect start. Fantastic. So I, I'll, I'll come to Rob in a second. I think that's another point I, I wanted to, to raise as well. When we're going to go through this, we're also going to be talking a bit about accessibility as well. So whilst the storyline consequences and its relationship with what we think is going to happen in Village, or the clues we've been given to Village, we're going to have to think about accessibility as well because some of these titles are more obscure and harder to come across. So mm. um, that's something, a, 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 an important point, not a top tier point. So, Rombi, did you have any differing comments or are you in the same boat here that despite some of the perhaps mixed reaction to Seven from some of the community, it remains an essential playthrough uh, in preparation for village i think it, it is i mean this is the this is the issue i think anyone who's out in the community who's not a fan of seven is probably not going to be ultimately a fan of eight because of like i don't know gameplay element or so and i think that's it i mean it's john's already said what the bit i was going to say which is to do with the gameplay as well like it's going to be a case of not just the narrative but it's going to be a comfortable transition playing into another first person game and we're all going to learn a new system and it, it, there's a little bit more combat and, and there's obviously new re4 inspired upgrade systems and all that are going to be in the same boat for that so it's definitely a case of that i think from a story perspective a, a direct continuation of story a few years after the fact going to be important to understanding what's going on in the, in the game and something sean just said about the the, the name as well is interesting because maybe that's part of the reason why they're recalling this village and not eight just to try and de-emphasize the impact of it um, just simply to get people involved that played the game before and it'd be interesting to see if we get more numbered titles if we go away from a numbered system after this going forward mm, that's, they, I know that's, that's a good point they're certainly trying to say this is village it is eight but it is village that's what that's the the main focal mm. point I'd agree with what's being said and equally I think people would have noticed from the marketing as well I think at the showcase there was all sorts of promos about play Resident Evil 7 then play Resident Evil Village that kind of thing so it's, it's been marketed as the same sort of thing and I think Sean you'll, you'll agree when you play the Maiden demo it felt identical to Resident Evil 7 Absolutely yeah it is. It, it, I can't really add any more <laughs> for that, Nick, to be honest. It just, because obviously it's RE Engine as well. They all carry, I said this in the last podcast, they carry a specific look to them. So, it, you know, it even, it even looks the same. It, I mean, obviously it's nice and shiny and 4K and everything like that, but it, it, it is even like a visual extension of what you're used to. The fact that they're, you know, releasing a double pack 
of Biohazard and Village tells you all you need to know in answer to your question, really. Mm. You know, it's clearly in mind that they want you to experience chapter one of Ethan's journey first before jumping into his storyline in Village. And and, and indeed, obviously, the trailer's shown Chris, you know, executing Mia. I think you need that journey of, like, trying to save her to make that have even, you know, have more weight to it. If she was just a random character that just turned up and Chris shot, it's not going to carry any weight to you as a player. Now, to, to Two of our patrons have suggested that, in fact, it's possibly the only game they will consider essential for Village. Whilst I think we're all agreed, and Resident Evil 7 absolutely makes the rep essential list, how would you feel about it being the only game that's essential? It could work, yeah. We're all thinking it's going to explore certain parts of potentially Umbrella's history or things like that. But even from the point of view as Chris, you know, if if he is really depicted in this game as you know, the primary antagonist, then you could um, simply play this and then go back and see where his journey led up to. If you're a newcomer and you've come into this series from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and you go on to Village and, you know, you've, you, you'll you have heard the name Chris Redfield because he's part of the brand, you know, the same way like Jill is and things like that. So, you know, it could be something that a new player would then go and seek afterwards. And that obviously is a different part of this, this discussion as well. But yeah, absolutely. It, it could just be the only game that you play. And I imagine it will be for a few people. Let's hope not, because we do need to make this podcast last a bit longer <laughs> than just the one game. That's it. Just the one game. That's the one game. This top 10 is really only just a top one. Top it's, one. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that's kind of, I guess this goes back to what you said. We, we're only doing what we know. We don't know any of the, the spoilers or anything like that, which is good as far as I'm concerned. But like, if it turns out that, you know, there's a lot, is a lot about, say, Umbrella's founding and it ties into, say, Spencer, for example. Example, then obviously you want to expand that list but we don't know that at this stage we, 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 we're just assuming and then it's a case of whether or not the, the, how much of the older stuff is relevant I mean I was speaking from from a 7 perspective when you know we all reach the last bit of the game and we get an HCF ref and you know for, for our long term fans that all be like whoa what the, where'd that come from but for people who don't know that that, that just becomes, becomes another name that they don't know So, and it, but it doesn't have any major impact on the game itself so it'll be interesting to see what sort of threads are picked up in that sort of style in the new game if there's anything like that as well so there we go resident evil 7 making the list and i'll be honest uh, ladies and gentlemen i anticipated 7 making the list so that's why we did it first get that one out of the way the way i want to move on now we now go back to the very beginning resident evil and resident evil director's cut This is one of the most controversial titles. So we're not talking about the remake here, we're talking about the original game. The PlayStation, the Sega Saturn, and the PC, and I suppose the DS version, the classic. This, of course, introduced us to the world of Resident Evil. It's the you know, it's the progenitor, pardon the pun, of the, of the entire series. It introduced us to Chris and Jill and the Spencer Mansion and zombies, the T-Virus umbrella. But is the original game an essential game to play in light of the fact that we have a remake no <sighs> but, but 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 then i'm going to get into it's a the big fact part. that I don't, think, <laughs> I don't even think the remake is either no! <laughs> and the reason why is nick you have to think about this through because we we're, we're actually we we're, we're drawing a strict line here aren't we 
we're saying newcomers. It's, um, yes, it's newcomers. What's the essential? But we're just talking about the, the original for the time for the as, time being. As much as you can put on rose-tinted glasses, I just don't think modern players want to play camera angle games anymore. Yes, there's been a rise, and I know the medium... It's done very, very well with people on uh, the Xbox series consoles and that at the minute, and uh, that's very much a throwback in terms of how it's played. But generally, the, the original certainly, with with regards to your strict sort of definition, uh, no, you, you you would you would stick to the remake. It, it's accessibility aside as well. You know, it's not an easy game to get hold of now, and the remake, as we've always said, superseded it in its canonicity anyway. It doesn't matter what I personally prefer um, with regards to yep. this, but. Uh, yeah, I would say no. Unfortunately, Nick, I'm sorry. It pains me as much as it hurt you to hear it. It's a, it's, it's a no from Starstruck. <laughs> but this is the point. This is the this is the beauty of it. You see, um, I, I feel we're going to have this conversation a few more times this evening. But the the original and and a lot of a lot of our supporters flying high for this one. It has to be said. Comments include that it sets the stage for everything else that follows. So this is, as I said, the 1996 game. Without it, there is nothing else. So players would have that ex- that kind of virgin experience, if you like, of how the games was, and thus is essential. Batman, what's your take on that? I don't think it's essential either. I don't even think it's particularly controversial. I just think it's so old now. It's 25 years old. Not just the camera angles will put new players off, but just the way it plays and the way it looks in general. You know, it, it just looks so old now. I can't imagine someone, you know, who's been watching the trailers for Village and how atmospheric that looks suddenly going to dive into a PlayStation 1 game from 1996. I just don't think it's needed. The remake is it's it's that isn't it? The re- the remake contains everything you need from the original games and I just think this particular first game even though it was the start of everything I just don't think it's particularly relevant these days so it's it's a no from me as well. <sighs> Oh, this is this is brutal. This is brutal. This is getting rebutted quicker than I perhaps anticipated. Is there a savior from down under? No. <laughs> I, I I have to agree. Like I see, I'm I'm a big proponent of the original game. I I, I was obsessed with it. I I loved it. Uh, but it's a thing of its time. And I think the the, the guys have nailed it 100. percent Which is that you know trying to convince someone to play this game now who has only just arrived. You know either now started with seven trying to get them to go back to a tank controls but the graphics the the audio the, the the lines of dialogue the clunkiness of it it's a series that's evolved and yes it's 100 percent correct when anyone says this is where it started and we wouldn't have the rest of the franchise without and i love that game to bits i really do but from an essential point of view, no, it's 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 a it's a game of its time, and there are other ways to play it. I mean, the caveat is, if you went back and played it, I would definitely be either recommending the director's cut or the DS version because mm-hmm. they're slightly more accessible. That the director's cut is the version on the PlayStation Store, for example, on the PlayStation Classic. Um, the DS version, if you, you can access it, is uh, you know got more somewhat modern features in its um well more modern features in its retelling, but it's definitely a no for me. Oh, yeah, dear. I think I think the important thing is that I think we ought to just get out of the way as a disclaimer, is that every game in the series are products of their time. Even when we get to like titles as 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 you know, as recent as like RE five, they've all got sort of problems that don't necessarily transfer to modern audiences. And I think the importance of this conversation is to put nostalgia to one side, which is why I think that hurt you a little bit, Nick. I don't think you were quite expecting that to be honest. <laughs> no, no. I love the original more so than the remake, in terms of 
um, gameplay. Well, yeah, it, you know, it, it's. I've got the goggles on. I'm not gonna even bat around the bush when it comes to. It. I absolutely adore the original for what experience it gave me and got me into the series. And I, I do take the points that made by made by the the wider community. It does set the stage, and you would miss out on the Jill sandwich line, which of course is absolutely iconic. But. I slightly anticipated the fact that from a purely from a p- law point of view and the narrative that it would be superseded because it because it has been superseded we're not you know remake is not a reimagining it at no point have we really questioned that difference that we perhaps do with remake 2 and the original Resident Evil 2 so I I did anticipate it but I th- I thought there might be a bit more no it's 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 essential but it doesn't look like it is Resident Evil 1996 the original the first game it's being dumped off the list okay game number 3 make your entrance known it's Resident Evil the remake so we can move into slightly higher graphics of the same incident at the Spencer Mansion. You're a bit of a mess up. Chris, take a piece of the action. Now, there's been uh, unanimous praise from this one. In fact, I think everyone that's commented when we posed the question has agreed that this game is an essential game for all new players to play. Uh, comments include that it's the most accessible and it's the definitive version and we're talking about like the PlayStation 4 version which of course uh, is available on the Origins collection which is Xbox and, and PlayStation 4 and which of course will play on the next gen systems as well. So I'm, I'm going to start with Batman here because you commented about the ang- uh, camera angle as well. Would you still say that Remake though regardless of whether camera angles are mod and whether that's playable, is still this is an essential game to play for newcomers. I think it is, yes. From a lore perspective, obviously it has all the original backstory, our introduction to the classic characters, Umbrella Corporation, the T-Virus, all that stuff. So it's automatically essential from that point of view. And it does give a sort of semi-modern flavour of how the series started with the fixed camera perspective and the tank controls. And the remake, yeah, it's starting to look a bit rough around the edges, the hair HD version but it's still you know it still looks good and I still think it's it's relevant enough for modern audiences I can quite easily see modern players starting with Resident Evil 7 and then maybe going straight back to remake just to see how the series originated and just to have a such a contrasting style in gameplay as well but in terms of your village experience it'll obviously give you much more information on Chris and the sort of early days of the Umbrella Corporation as well, if Umbrella itself is actually going to be featured in Resident Evil Village in some way as well. So for me, there's no debate on this one. Resident Evil Remake is an essential game you must play if you want to uh, get the most out of your village experience. Uh, Rumby? I'm going to say yes as well. Most, a lot of the same reasons that John's just outlined. I mean, essentially, the gameplay element, we, we took it from that perspective, controls are probably going to still put some people off, and I definitely have seen that. From a fidelity concept over the original version, from a law obviously telling that original story it's definitely a case of something that should be for, for, for should be witnessed i guess for, for lack of a better term that the players can go back and, and understand where this entire series came from i mean we've got to think as well the game will be it, we're, we're 25th anniversary of the franchise but the original this remake of the game is also going to be turning 19 years old this year so um, you know it's not a new game and so it's nice that there's an hd version that's accessible it's available for people to, to purchase still now on you know the current and new consoles yeah uh, and pc as well so it's a yes for me stars tone any 
Any differing views as to whether this is essential? Not essentially, but um, I, just, I do think the, the the camera angles, whether we like to admit it or not, is, is a barrier for, for a lot of newcomers. They do take some getting used to, and I know it has like modern controls, which way you point the analog, uh, you know, the alternate control method that the HD versions own. It's not necessarily essential to play beforehand if you're not too bothered about Chris, but if you are more of a law-centered sort of person, then absolutely I echo exactly what John and Rob have just said. But I, I do, I can, I can really see and I do see on Twitter quite a bit people saying they do struggle to play it. Some people, I even saw just this week in a discussion that someone said they found it boring because it is a very slow burn game compared to a lot of the sort of titles that you play now. I mean, even Resident Evil 7 is the slowest title the series has had in many years. But even even so, just playing that recently, it's a, it still runs at a breakneck pace compared to like what the remake is, where you can spend entire hours, if you're not sure what to do, just wandering the halls and just getting lost. And it's a product of its time. And I think we're going to be saying that a lot. It's a timeless masterpiece, in my opinion. But I think the question that a newcomer would have to ask themselves is, can I get used to this control system? Can I overcome sort of like the fact that it's not a full 3D game with you know an over-the-shoulder camera that's synonymous with the series now? And from a law point of view, absolutely agree with what you two you two said. But is it a bit too inaccessible to modern audiences to, to new people who are coming into gaming for the first time today? I just wonder, is it just a bit too inaccessible? But then it sold like a million copies when it was released in 2014, so what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) You know. I was going to say, you just just wrangled a point in my head. I mean, that's the thing. I think if the as long as people going into it uh, understand it from a re- from a realistic point of view, if they're invested in wanting to learn about more about the law, then they're definitely going to get that. So that's essentially, I want to say, the reward for playing it. Then it should be fine. I guess it, it's funny thinking about it from that perspective of like dif- difficulty of getting into and and people having that issue. Funny, I think I talked about this a little bit on the on the four, on the episode we just did about four. But I think we were talking about how the, that game had aged, and I said it's harder for it to pass because we still have an over the shoulder game play in a modern style so you can see the finessing the years of change over the last 15 or so years whereas tank was automatically age and date you but people in some ways are a little bit more forgiving of that too because they go well it's an older system so i kind of expect it to play quite differently and it's going to be a little bit clunky and a little bit hard so some people give that a little bit more of a wider berth than they would with a game that's still over the shoulder so i mean for some people they might go back to and go well it's not easy but i never expected it to because it's you know it's, mm. it's a tank control it's not over the shoulder so they might be a little bit more forgiving um, of its age I still think part of the appeal with remake though is that sort of interactive movie experience the feeling of sort of playing through a film and the camera angles and the pre-rendered backgrounds just add that little bit of extra and immerse you in the atmosphere a lot more than say the remake of Resident Evil 2 and 3 where yeah it might look pretty but you know all the sort of environments are a bit too shiny and just a little bit bland and if you made remake more accessible to modern audiences by remaking it again and using that over-the-shoulder perspective, I think it would lose a lot of its appeal. Mm. It might make the game more accessible to modern players, but it wouldn't be as good, I don't think. I agree. I would call that the Twin Snakes effect. Johnson, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good comparison. So what we're con- saying here is that it's possibly not the most accessible uh, for new players, but it is essential, so it makes the list. Right, the next game on our list, and we're not actually doing it in kind of release order, just for pacing purposes of the podcast. So the next entry is the first spin-off that came out, Resident Evil Survivor. That's right. At the request of my friend, Leon S. Kennedy, I came here to investigate. 
Oh, yes! I remember! I remember everything! Uh, long-term listeners of the podcast will know we're actually really quite big fans of Resident Evil Survivor. So this, ironically, is a first-person game. It has the kind of tank controls of the original game, but is in first-person mode. So it actually resembles Resident Evil 7 and Village, perhaps more so than even the original, you know, the uh, more direct um, prequels to 7 itself. Storyline, as people know, features the legendary Ark Thompson <coughs> infiltrating Sheena Island and shutting down their tyrant growth plant um, and taking out Vincent Goldman and his mother in the process. It's a spin-off. It's quirky. It's got its followers. Stars Tyrant. Would you let it make the list? No, and given that... <laughs> oh, um... no! <laughs> Given that, uh, you know, Resident Evil 3 Remake's pretty much taken the essentials and put it in its own game, I don't even think it's relevant in Capcom's eyes anymore either, unfortunately. The thing is, let's look at it from a different point of view as well. Like, it looks terrible. The production values are not good. Um, You can't get it anywhere. It's not available in any store, you know, so you'd be looking back through pre-owned copies even if your playstation one still work i don't i don't see how you can class this one as essential nick i'm sorry (laughs) put it to one side but it's so good it's so good rombie what about you my friend no yeah it's very self-contained i mean but barring arc's revelation of being knowing leon s kennedy it's it's relatively self-contained and as much as i love the storytelling within the files and the and the way that the island's set up. It has very little bearing on any really in the scheme of things and other than a reference in another when you know in the opening of Zero, there's there's nothing that really fully ties it otherwise to any other game. Yeah. And and, and as Sean correctly said as well, getting even being able to play it, not the easiest. So Mm. Yeah, that's a, it's a no for me. Accessibility is certainly an issue, and arguably one of the games that's aged the worst. Batman, can you can you save it from it not making the list? Uh, there's there's nothing there's nothing in Survivor that's essential for Resident Evil Village. Is it? It's it's main addition law wise is the backstory to how the tyrants were created, and and none of that sort of stuff's going to feature in Resident Evil Village. So as much as we love Survivor, there's absolutely nothing about it that's that's relevant to Village or you know the law the future law of the series so i can't recommend it at all for for this essential list did i think I've, I, i'd forgotten about the uh, the point about the tyrant that main point is in resident evil 3 remake um, in nest 2 you see the the row of tyrants which is pretty much shot for shot in resident evil survivor that's its main usp if you like storyline wise so the same point in the stuff in remake 2 at the orphanage is <laughs> not too yeah. similar from the that's the other part that's taken in the remakes you know it's uh, the ideas are still there and they're done in a different fashion from survivor but in their own way is is John's audio drama kind of just as creepy in their own in their own fashion. So. Dear, I'm sorry, Ark. I'm sorry, Vincent. I'm sorry, Andy. We are casting the into sorry, sorry Vincent's mother. <laughs> You're going into the proverbial <laughs> no, no, room 101. Now we've said now we've said that um, Vincent's mother is going to be Lady Dim- Dimitriscu, isn't it? <laughs> 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 gonna be, gonna be uh, Ethan Winter, yeah, and Ethan Winters is definitely Ark, like yeah. you know, as we're talking about before. That's her on the phone to Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Confirmed. I think we can move on. Vincent, it's your mother here. Someone needs to do a video of that. No, they do, they do. Let's get them onto it. So Resident Evil Survivor, sadly, to most I think most of our disappointment does not make the rep essential list. Game number five. And this one's a big one. Resident Evil Code Veronica. <laughs> Long time no see, Chris. Wesker? He's still alive? 
The first game that came out post PlayStation era, the first game on the Dreamcast and then PlayStation 2, became Code Veronica X just to give it that extra bit of sazz and razzmatazz with the extra bonus scenes with Wesker and a sporting new haircut from Steve. This game features Chris Redfield, star of Resident Evil Village. It features Umbrella. It features the Ashfords who are a founding member of Umbrella and we're thinking that could play a part in Resident Evil Village. Surely, surely this legendary game that everyone loves is essential. So who better to argue it? <laughs> Batman, yes, this is essential, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's essential if you're a fan of the Paul Anderson live action films because you will get a hard on over that intro sequence. <laughs> No, from from a law point of view, yeah, you're gonna have to say it's essential, aren't you? It's sort of it really opened up the world after Raccoon City, and obviously the return of Chris, and you know most notably as well the unexpected return of Albert Wesker and the plot threads with the rival company and things like that. Yeah, you do need to play this game if you want a decent understanding of the Resident Evil backstory. And and like you said, certain elements with like family uh, founding families of Umbrella, the HCF, things like that. You know, it might tie into village in some way so yeah I've, I've, as much as it pains me to say it I'm, I've got to recommend this one for the list. Stars Tarrant you must be over the moon because you are a big fan but just to pick up quickly on what Batman said the, yeah, the HCF reference if you've played Resident Evil 7 you'll then get the reference in well would you would you get the HCF reference if you play only Code Veronica? I'm not sure. Well, well that's the only other game it features in Nick. Oh so. is it? Is it? We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. But anyway, yes, Stars Tower. Yeah. I feel the same as like the remake. In in terms of pure law, and if it's just the story that you're breaking this down for, then yeah, it's absolutely essential. And not necessarily for where it's placed in the timeline, but I think this was the first time Chris actually became a proper character. I've always maintained that Chris and Jill in certainly OG1, not necessarily the remake, they're a bit, little bit more fleshed out in the remake, but this is the game where I think a lot of his personality traits came through, you know, his his heroism and his determination and the rivalry began the proper rivalry I think in, began with this game between Chris and Wesker and so from a law point of view absolutely essential but it's also one of the most dated titles in the series you know it at the time it felt dated because it didn't even carry over the refinements to the controls that like Resident Evil 3 brought along and so in in some ways it's also the worst for backtracking in the series and I think a lot of people, a lot of modern gamers who like the sort of immediacy and whatnot, I think the backtracking will put a lot of people off. So from a from a gameplay point of view, I'd say it's probably one of the least most recommended because you've really got to be in the Resident Evil machine to extract the most out of it as a gaming experience, not as a storytelling experience, because the story, as we've said, is essential. But from a gameplay experience, I think this is actually one of the harder entries for a modern player to pick up and play. It's also, uh, and I don't know whether you guys agree, but when I look at socials and even on our Discord, I see a lot of people saying they find Code Veronica one of the hardest games in the series, and I've personally never found that. It's certainly interesting to see, you know, more newcomers saying they just found it, you know, an impassable wall at times. Um, I guess we were just trained well with sort of, you know, ammo management and, you know, resource gathering and whatnot that it wasn't so much a thing for us back then. But it's, it's just an interesting observation. I'd also agree entirely with that, Sean, because 
I think what it did was make what we knew from Resident Evil 2 and 3 and 1 and just made it bigger. So where I think people do get a bit hung up over is you have to treat basically the entire island like a hub um, as opposed to the individual buildings where there's that tendency isn't there to go right we've got the mansion is one hub and then the guardhouse is another hub or you've got the RPD is one hub and then the sewers is the other that kind of thing Code Veronica treats the entire place as one big hub with smaller little inlets small the palace the airport the the training center whatever you want to call it they're all smaller parts of a much bigger picture so that's where the backtracking happens and that's how I think problematic it can be. But if you're if you're well trained with the with the OGs and the and the original trilogy, yes, it, it's easier. But it is difficult because the, I I think once you're past the bandersnatches, I think that's when it becomes a bit easier. It, it, I I I've always found it difficult in terms of management of the bandersnatches because they they need a lot of attention and you don't have the best weapons to deal with them that early on. Uh, Rob, I wanted to bring you in as well and also ask you about accessibility for this title as well because there can be a bit of confusion about which version to pick up. You don't want to play the original version on Dreamcast anymore because you want, if you're going for a lore perspective, you definitely want the extra stuff that was added in the X version. Yes, good point. Um, it, it, it is accessible to a modern audience. You can play, play it on PS4 and PS5, I guess, and the PS2 version. You can play the Xbox 360 version where you can play the Xbox 360 version on pretty much any Xbox console going forward, including the Series X, which is good. That's probably consistent one from a from an accessibility point. It's you know you can get you can get access to it. It's not it's not a big big, big problem. Cool, do you think? I'm a hundred percent down with Sean. Like it's from a narrative perspective, yeah, it's it's much more necessary. So for me, it's a yes on the essential list. But from a game perspective, it's probably the hardest one for people to get access to. It's not just that it's hard. I think the thing that Sean's probably forgetting when he's saying it's not, you know, maybe it's not is that the game sets up for people who are new to it to be very difficult. There are very easy traps to fall into, like turning up to the plane and then having to fight the tyrant with very minimal power, or not knowing about the bio uh, organic weapon rounds you know or uh it's a lot of the traps the instant death trap and uh, enemies that can kill you or set up scenarios the multi-path work where you don't know exactly where you need to go but you need to explore like pretty much the entirety of them like you would uh, talked about nick as well like make it quite hard because then all of a sudden there's more enemies that you have to face or you have to use more items and more ammo so without like a guide or knowing where you're going it's going to be a lot more harder so i would definitely recommend to anyone who's deciding to play it for the law perspective has never played it before and it's maybe only the second if say if they go from remake like we've suggested and they're playing this as the second like angled, you know, camera angled game. They're going to find it quite tough, and I think I have to say it's it's very much split fifty fifty amongst our community here about whether whether it's an essential game. A lot of people simply can't recommend it to a new fan for those very reasons. But others will talk uh, have spoken about and commented on that. It's Chris at his very best. It picks up on the Wesker death storyline, which you would have been slightly shocked about with remake so there's that kind of element out of all the kind of mainline games if you in terms of numbered because this is is considered a mainline game this this is the one that i think has split the community the most as to whether it's essential or not and i think i think we've had done a a good dissection as to why that may be the case for me it's purely because of wesker you know you can't really get the most out of resident evil 4 and 5 if you don't play this one first because it would just make no sense otherwise so there we go ladies and gentlemen resident evil code veronica x makes the rep essential list 
Okay, next up, we're staying on Rockfort Island, or should that be Lockfort Island? I, sometimes, I just don't know sometimes. With the next game in the entry, <laughs> Resident Evil Survivor 2 Code Veronica. So Survivor 1 didn't make the list, but does Survivor 2 make the list as being an essential game to play if you want to understand the storyline? Now, I go, I'm going to go straight into Star's Tyrant with this one, because this is the only place where HCF is directly referenced. Is that enough? <laughs> is that, an, is that enough? Question. <laughs> it's, it's a no, and let's move on. <laughs> does it give an, any story enough of the storyline? Of Code Veronica in a, in a in a Nick. Nah. I'm going to stop you and tell you now. There is no way you can spin this. That is going to get a yes out of either three of us. Okay, I, I'd like to think, but I may stand corrected. <laughs> Rob's going to come out and drop a blinder, isn't he? Come on, Rob. It's got HCF. You need to. You don't know it. it, it it's meaningless in Code Veronica. No one's going to look that carefully at Wesker's uniform in Code Veronica. It's got a nemesis in it. It's got the nemesis. It's got to be essential, isn't it? Anyone? Let's just move. Let's just move on. <laughs> oh, I, 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 feel, I feel it should be, but I think I've been outvoted here. So, sadly, hang on. Why? Why do you think it should it's a, be? It's a dream. <laughs> for crying out loud! And even even that's debatable. <laughs> the files. <laughs> But it's a canonical dream, Rob. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, because she's a psychic. She's not. It's not just a, it's a dream. She manages to predict stuff on the way to Antarctica. Right? This is when it uh, takes place. No, Rob. No, it's no. In no. Veto, it's in the veto. It's is it afterwards. It's afterwards. Yeah. Afterward. Afterward. Oh, for some reason, I keep thinking it was during. Okay, never mind. Makes up this creature that existed in another area. That <laughs> she, or maybe she got a description from Chris via Jill. I don't know. Doesn't make any friends. No, no. It's a no. It's a no. It's a no. It's a no. No, I, I, I would have to sadly agree. It is a no for Survivor Two. So that does not make the list. Perhaps surprisingly, I, I don't know. We are now moving on to the next entry here, and we're sticking with the Survivor series with Resident Evil Dead Aim. Sorry, but my dance card is full. Look, again, long-term listeners of the podcast will know that uh, a lot of us on the podcast really, really like Dead Aim. It set the set the tone for the change um, between the kind of first person and the third person. It implement um, Resident Evil Four would later implement quite a few of the ideas. It features the Umbrella. It features the T virus, the G virus, which is an essential component of um, some of the Raccoon City game games. And oh, I'm struggling though. I am struggling, and this really upsets me. <laughs> I am struggling. Umbra Umbrella's in it. Umbrella in it with um, Morpheus being made a scapegoat to the Raku uh, to the mansion incident, an essential part of the storyline. So come on, this has got to be an essential entry. We've got ten spaces available. We've only used up three. Is Dead Aim? Is Dead Aim there? Batman. 
No. I don't even think we're going to get 10 games, to be honest. That's essential, <laughs> but Dead Aim is absolutely <laughs> no. There is, there is nothing in Dead Aim that we, we need to even bother discussing. As as, as good as it is, it's, it's completely irrelevant. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, no, this is so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brutal. I'll admit, it's hard to get hold of. Because it's PlayStation 2 only, and it's only been on PlayStation 2, and it's quite hard to emulate as well. Stars Tyrant, come on, come on. No. Oh, God. <laughs> There's nothing there. I mean, you know, it's we appreciate it for being a sort of bold departure from what we, you know, we were used to in the series. But it's John, remind me, is it even on the Dark Side Chronicles timeline in the Japanese guidebook? Is it or whatever? Yes, it is. But that's literally the only reference to. <laughs> dead aim in any book or supplemental material ever <laughs> so there you have it nick it's just you know bruce and fong were never seen again they're probably still on that on that raft in the ocean to this day just floating around as ark flies over in his helicopter <laughs> we, we we advocate it quite strongly but um i can say none, none of our community members put it forward at all as being essential well, uh, i already <laughs> mentioned it one <laughs> What a surprise. <laughs> Romby, are you going to support that? Or are you going to stand firm and say, no, it's it's making this list, damn it. Shot, shot, gunshot. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just a Roger Moore James Bond film, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So it's very similar, yeah. to, very similar to that era. I, I, I will expand. I, I love it to bits. I think, I think it's a good laugh. And I love the game K mechanics. And I think there's <clears throat> a self-contained story. It's enjoyable. But if you were to suggest it to someone to play for the purposes of story or just because and they weren't very sure on it, I would probably be like, nah, don't worry about it, you can skip it. And yeah, the accessibility is obviously a big thing. Yeah. You've got a PS2 and a copy of the game, and potentially even a gun, a light gun and an old CRT TV to play it <laughs> with the gun. Yeah. I mean, it's playable with a controller, that's the one thing that's been for sure, it's still playable. But... So there we yeah, go. That's a no. One of the Resident Evil podcast favourites is not essential. <clears throat> right, let's get back to more classical affairs with a game we've been covering quite recently on our discord the resident evil zero so this is the prequel to an essential game as we've already discussed this features uh stars bravo team member rebecca chambers and billy cohen uh, and then you know escaped convict we've got one of the founders of umbrella in james marcus we've got wesker again we've got birkin the very core of what made Umbrella at that particular time. This is a game that still divides opinion. It's got questionable geography. It's got questionable gameplay that hasn't aged as well as perhaps it could have done. But it is accessible. It is available on current and new, yeah, the new generation of consoles through the Origins collection. Is there enough in this crazy, quirky origin story that probably doesn't actually help the remake in any given manner, but is it an essential game to play? I'm going to start with Rombie for this one. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. As, as much as, like, obviously there's a narrative background here. It's Marcus with, with all that sort of stuff. And obviously there's a little bit of connection between William Birkin and, and Wesker. If you take those elements away and forwards, no. Because from the remake of one which we've already played, you've got enough of the origins of, of the game. We'll talk about the sequel. Also, what we've talked about with Code Veronica. I think you get enough of the idea of what Umbrella 
is or was for future that that stuff that's extra in there is good is it necessary no and then you add the gameplay elements on top of not the best it's not the best fixed person a fixed camera angle in game and it's a bit clunky and you know i enjoy it personally but it's it's not something i could recommend so um, it's a no for me it's a no from rob i, I think this is going to divide opinion though Starstone I would say no in all honesty Nick I think you get enough of Umbrella's background with Code Veronica's files we've always said like Zero and Code Veronica are very very weird in that they each have one third of the sort of founders of Umbrella but between Zero and Code Veronica they don't reference each other so Marcus isn't mentioned in a single entry in Code Veronica and vice versa the Ashfords aren't mentioned at all in Zero so you know because we've already said Code Veronica is an essential one I would say you get everything you need in a cliff notes sort of capacity and then we're going to get on to a future entry uh, which i would say is essential um, which gives you enough of zeros files albeit in a more roundabout way but what you know we'll oh, get there i see um, yes yes i would say yeah i i think i think the gameplay is too it just doesn't work it just doesn't work and i think we found that people playing it recently you know the the emission of item boxes and the overhauled way items worked it just it's it's de- it was dated at the time yes it looks fantastic the hd version looks i'd go on record and say it's one of the best looking games of all time i think but i don't think that is enough to warrant it going on an essentials list that you need to play specifically before village if you really like what you've you've played in village by all means go back and have a go but certainly not don't you don't need to do it beforehand i would say no so if you do go back and you end up playing remake and you really really ended up actually enjoying it then obviously i would say zero is essential because you'll get more story out of it and if you like the gameplay then you're probably not going to dislike zero too much there's going to be differences like the item boxes but it's it's a it's a hard title some interesting some interesting points there so we've got perhaps a bit of differences as i said but differences between the characters between zero and remake which we've said essential and also sean raising the point about the fact that a lot of the key points of zero are raised in future files in a in a in, a, in, a, in another game which is which, which is true now batman what's your take on that in terms of the lore storyline is there is there anything else that you can take from the overall storyline that you think would make it essential bear in mind as well I think something we have forgotten this is a you would pick up the origins collection so you're going to have it as part of your remake <laughs> So it's kind of there. Has it been deemed essential by default? Which is, uh, I think many people in the community would probably find it quite fitting that it's just there. That's only in a physical capacity, isn't it? It's oh, is it? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. on stores, yeah. Uh, most of the Resident Evil games in the series have been, like, set together, like, the remake of 2 and 3 together as the Raccoon City edition, and yeah. even digitally. So there are bundles with what uh, with Zero and remake but yeah you can buy them separately as well so that's something to think about so batman what's your view no i don't think it's essential at all i think sean's correct in what he says most of the story that's told in zero can be gleamed from remake and resident evil 5 not just the the gameplay of resident evil 5 but simply from the loading screens that timeline that flashes up that tells you everything you need to know about the backstory the progenitor virus discovery and the t virus etc i don't think you're missing out on anything at all if you decide to skip zero from your uh, playthrough so disappointing i like i i'm starting to grow very fond of resident evil zero i think it's received a lot of backlash but i think the points that we've raised i mean i love it as well i i love it i think it's very atmospheric and it does get a rough ride but in terms of is it essential to the storyline you've you've, there's nothing in there there's nothing in there that stands out in zero that isn't referenced in more depth 
in a better game. Well, there we go. It's unanimous. Or, or is or is an add value to the overall if you don't know it. Is my other my other thought as I was saying. Like if you if you claim it from from another future game, then that's fine. But if you didn't know it, does the impact? of what happened with James Marcus really have a, have a massive difference on the overall story? Sadly not. It probably should, but it doesn't because at the end of the day, the people that do that action take over his uh, research. We, we've covered that part of the story enough and that's all you really need to know anyways. I'm afraid no one e- either advocated as well. No one said Zero was essential. So perhaps that view is, is widely felt amongst the community. So Resident Evil Zero does not make the rep list. Right, let's get back to some classics. So we're going back to the PlayStation 1 era. So here we are. The sequel, Resident Evil 2, from 1998. You're a cop, right? Yeah, first day on the job. Great, huh? Name's Leon Kennedy. Nice to meet you. Mine's Claire. Claire Redfield. I came to find my brother, Chris. So, without doubt, one of the best and finest entries into the Resident Evil series. It introduced Leon and Claire to, you know, stalwarts of the of the Resident Evil community. We have William Birkin, we have Umbrella, arguably in its prime. We have people like Hunk, and then the introduction of Ada. You know, it, it's just a bona fide classic that has stood the test of time. But it is, has been remade. It has been remade, and I think this is probably one of the most controversial titles as to whether Resident Evil 2, the original, is now essential. So the question you're kind of asking yourself is, is the storyline that is unique to Resident Evil 2 original, is that enough to make it an essential title? Batman, we'll start with you for this one first. Uh, I don't think it is, no. I think you said it stood the test of time, Nick. I I don't think it has. You know, it's the same problem with the original Resident Evil on the PlayStation. It's too outdated now. It's too old. You know, it's not accessible enough. Fans have done the best with things like the HD projects and that to try and bring it back to life. And they have done a superb job. There's no doubt about that. But it's just too old. And the gameplay style is too outdated. You know, the remake, yes, it's cut a lot of content out of the original, which was a disappointing thing. But is that content that's missing essential to the story? I don't think it is. Get nice links back to the first game with like Chris's diary and things like that but Chris's diary is just a nice nod it's a nice recap of events that happened in the previous game it's not essential story knowledge as much as I malign the remake for you know going off on a tangent and and losing things like the marshalling yard and and some story elements just the fact that it's brand new and it's it's accessible to so many people and it looks modern and it looks good and it's so much fun to play i've got to say it supersedes the original game in terms of being essential to your village experience so it's a no from batman stars turret how are you going to respond to that you know it's my favorite game in the series right i do know it's your favorite game in the series I'd probably recommend to a newcomer to play the remake for the same reason that John's just said. For the the same reasons. It's the nostalgia thing. Yes, I I stand by every single bit of praise and all the superlatives I, you know, lavish upon it. I stick by them every day, you know, and I'll, you know, and I'll take them to the grave how I feel about that game. But you have to think about it from a newcomer's point of view. It's another fixed camera angles game. It doesn't even have the quality of life improvements that literally every game that came after it have you know something as basic as a 180 degree turn you know so already it's on the back foot in terms of how it controls and how it plays 
Whereas, you know, Remake 2 is a, is a hugely refined modern gaming experience. We've always said, you know, taking away all of its issues to do with the story and the lore as a simple, modern Resident Evil experience, it's probably the best over-the-shoulder game in the series. Let's be, let's be, you know, just from a pure, raw gameplay experience, how the zombies are done, a spectacular. The gameplay is good. It controls really nicely. It's a really perfect game in terms of, you know, it's, it's pure gameplay. You know, my issues with it are as a remake and they're, you know, well documented by this point. Um, so, yeah, with regards to that, uh, with the original Resident Evil 2, I would just point people toward the remake. And it pains me to say that because we know how much I've gone on tangents and raged and everything. But I have to think about this from a newcomer's point of view, you know, in, in, in leading into the, the Resident Evil Village. And I would say, yeah, play, play, play Resident Evil 2 remake. And I'm going to go and have a drink <laughs> have a cold drink now see interestingly before we come to Rob here a lot of our comments that we've received have all said been very pragmatic I think so most have recommended the original Resident Evil 2 but they've conceded that the younger generation would prefer the remake so um, and that's for the reasons obviously that you, you, you've kind of put forward but then a lot of them have not even recommended the remakes at all and, and have just said that the original Resident Evil 2 and by by extension we'll get to it in a minute Resident Evil 3 is needed and not the remake yeah, so I that think... so that that's another question then I think you can ask yourself can you just play that one and therefore it's essential you've yeah yeah it is because the important thing with with an exercise like this is to not gatekeep and as much as like we would all say the original original Resident Evil 2 is so much better than the remakes. What are you fucking doing playing that? The truth is, the modern generation, the newcomers of the series, the people that are going to be interested for the first time in Resident Evil Village and maybe think, I've really liked what I've played here. I'm going to go back and see what the rest of the series is about. Resident Evil 2, R, remake, whatever you want to call it, whether we like to admit it or not, is more accessible and it's more easy to play, easier to pick up. And it tells the story it needed to, albeit in that Cliff Notes manner. But that's just the hard reality of when you remake something. You know, it, it is, and it's an important. It's important that we don't condemn people who who have come into the series through like the remake two or the remake three. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Be- and they've all, and a lot of so a lot of the comments here have been about what type of player is ask is kind of asking the question about what you know how they want to play it. And that goes back again, I think, to the original Resident Evil One and remake. Can you how how much can you get to grips with the camera angle? So perhaps if you did like the camera angle modes of Cove Veronica and the original, then perhaps go back to the original Resident Evil two. Romby though, is Resident Evil two original toast for the rep essential list? Only you can save us now. Um, no, I can't save it. I think in my case, it's kind of like what Sean's saying as well. As much as I, I loved the game, it was such a quintessential thing for me when I was younger, and I would love to say, yes, it's an essential title, but I can't. I think part of it is that in order to get a the best out of the story we're talking about telling someone who's playing a new games to go back and play a game from 1988 and not only that they're going to have to go through multiple scenarios because in order to get everything out of it they're going to play through all four of them and it, there's a lot to that i think the caveat that we would say is obviously the people who can play the more games obviously the better they are and obviously if they can stomach the tank controls if they find they actually enjoy them then of course we're going to say yes go play remake uh, the original over the remake but the simple fact is from a narrative point of view yeah the remake tells the cliff notes version but it still tells all the important things and i think that's the the, the bit that comes from it 
from a story perspective, plus the accessibility and modern access to it, uh, obviously makes sense as well. Are we are, are we thinking then it's the accessibility element that fails? It's one of the most commonly ported games, other than probably four. But it's just that doesn't help. But also the gameplay element, like it's it's aged greatly obviously for its age it was great in 1998 but in 2021 visually and aesthetically no and i i say that having loved the acting in the original uh, perhaps even sometimes more than the remake as well from an emotive stand- standpoint but still uh, on a full narrative a you know visual blockbuster movie type kind of thing obviously the remake has all the pizzazz it's modern so so well that's um a shock i i i i i, I would have argued it's still an essential title uh, perhaps more so than remake two. My, myself. Why? Why? Because I think because you do get everything. You do get everything, and I don't. Um, in obviously remake two, we, we've always sorry in Resident Evil two, we've always spoken about remake. We'll do that in a second. And you just get everything you need in Resident Evil two, and perhaps it's it's overall the be- better package. But I'm aware of the, the I I personally think that the the accessibility issue is what potentially causes it to go in the Resident Evil two remake does have everything but so putting the putting the accessibility to one side for a moment then what do you think is in the original resident evil 2 that's missing in the remake that's essential i think the claire interactions i think are quite important the sherry because i think sherry's going to be something that creeps up again in the future whether that's essential to village i don't know we're not sure get the overall impression that if i had to choose one to play for the storyline i would probably still pick the original but it is hard it is hard because it you know you you are right you are right we are talking about what do you need to know from remake from the uh, Resident Evil 2 storyline and that's covered it's interesting Nick because you were talking about it from a character perspective as well I always think that the unfortunate the balance is that neither the OG or the remake get all the characters perfectly fleshed out the OG does very well with setting up a better dynamic between Claire and Leon and Sherry story wise like than the remake but the remake also then I think does Ada and Annette and William perhaps slightly better than the OG version yeah. did and so I think it's, it's like half a dozen one six of one Harvard on the other like it's from that sort of perspective either one has got its pros and cons so another bombshell there Resident Evil 2 from 1998 does not make the rep essential list but we're going to stick with basically the same events of the game and we've already touched upon it already Resident Evil 2 remake don't shoot get down Is that an essential game for your understanding of Resident Evil Village? Surely, surely this one's in the bag, gents. Batman? Remake 2, yeah, it is. It's an essential game, partly because it is so new, and it does cover all the main story elements from the original Resident Evil 2. It has the G-Virus seizure plot, it has Ada Wong, it has Sherry's infection, which is carried into later games. You know, it has all the essential elements that the original game had. It's just missing out on some of the, the finer points, which, although very interesting, are not essential to your understanding of the story. And I just think from a from a general production value perspective as well, I mean, if you're a newcomer to the series and you play, say, Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 2, you're playing two top quality games there, you know, putting aside everything else, storyline, characters, etc., just from a pure video game experience you're playing two very different games of really high quality first person horror game and a sort of more action oriented third person game and that just shows the longevity of Resident Evil as a whole I think to have different characters different enemies you know different storylines different gameplay styles different controls 
and and having it work and be so successful you know i think it's a good advert re remake 2 and resident evil 7 as to why resident evil as a brand has been so successful for 25 years yeah i think remake 2 is an essential game i do prefer the original but you know for for what reasons we're talking about tonight i've got to go with remake 2 Rombi? It's uh, yes for me. There's there's not nothing else to, to really say than that. It's for the, all the same reasons, really. There's nothing else I can really uh, add to that, unfortunately. It's it's a, a case of being just a, a modern title. It tells enough of the story. I think it's accessible. It's playable on the modern formats. There's there's quibbles I could have with it on a on a bit sort of missing and and stuff that you you know it's great if you can get more of a deep dive out of it but they're the same all the important beats are, are met so star siren is there enough in there for you if you're someone who is only after the law if you're someone who can go back and play you know older titles retro games with the same kind of approach that you would have done back when they were originally released then throw this game as far into the bin as you can and just stick with the original two for the purposes of this however it is essential it covers enough as john says it covers enough of the events that anyone who wants to be brought up to speed before they go into a village it has enough there for that it's a short game which I think people appreciate really and, and it's an interesting point you also made John and I think it's a, a really good a, a good thing you said where they complement each other well like Resident Evil 7 Village being you know one part of this great puzzle that is Resident Evil of being in first person then you've got a really good example of an over the shoulder game and the fact that they've both been released very recently in the last sort of five years complements each other well and it's a good advert to show that Resident Evil belongs to no one, it belongs to everybody kind of thing. I'd actually go one further though with this and I would say to a newcomer who wants to get brought up to speed, putting aside the fact that it's got two in the title, Resident Evil 2, as in the remake, is actually an excellent starting point to the series. And I think they approached the remake too with that in mind by not bringing the baggage of the lore with it, by just basically starting, you know, you could almost say... The games start there, and the events of like RE1 and its remake are almost like a playable prequel to the to how Resident Evil 2 remakes presented. It's almost like the first game doesn't exist in the capacity that we know it because it, it's very much told from Leon and Claire and newcomers to this universe, and this is the story now moving forward. You don't get the exposition from Marvin that might confuse new people because you're thinking of not played that first game even though he summarized it very well i found in the original two but resident evil 2 remake with the exception of the fact that it has two in it is i think an excellent starting point to anybody looking to get into the series in all honesty some interesting comments there but it does look like resident evil 2 remake does make the rep essential list sticking with raccoon city i'm gonna bring together two games here Resident Evil Outbreak and Resident Evil Outbreak File 2. Too much growth weakens an organization. What should be important becomes overshadowed by greed. Mass production? Ridiculous! Are they essential? And I think here we can actually take a bit of liberty in deciding, perhaps not all the game, is there any particular scenario within Outbreak File 1 and File 2 that you would consider to be essential? Because I think we can be that specific, I think. No. They even create contradictions within the own you know, own canon and timeline. <laughs> For the most part, they fit, but you can't you can't ignore things like the changed bombing of the city. I think, in all honesty, that things like that create more confusion than they're arguably worth having around because everything else is inconsequential. And you can even look at things down to the level as like flashback that that incident occur years before the actual May 11th leak. 
it's all a bit mm. so I would say no Nick not one not one scenario which is the most important scenario do you think no because even, even 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 like if you if you're purely nitpicking you you could say even desperate times has trouble linking up with rooms being changed and you know desperate times the, you know taking the train away people will nitpick it and say well how did the train get back you know when it's supposed to you know and it's just things like that is it just not easier just to just let it go <laughs> no, just pass up, pass, pass, pass. Mm. Batman, any disagreements there? Any um, scenarios that you think could be essential? No, I don't think so. I'm just running through them all in my head now. You know, they're just little things that I'd meet to the bones of the story of Raccoon City, which obviously the main beats we need to know about are told in the, the numbered games. So I don't think there's anything here that's essential to um, learning the story going into Village. So I'm going to have to say no as well. Another no, another no. We also got to talk about accessibility. One of the <laughs> quite a hard game locked on PlayStation Two, and if you actually want to play it as it should be, you need a bit of a a PC setup and using fan servers. Rombi, what about you? What's your opinion? Oh, I'm gonna say no as well. I I don't even. I mean, Sean's completely right in regards to like the the canon connections and stuff. But even if you ignored it and just said, oh well, look, you know, the main beats kind of on a, almost like we've talked about with like the original game and which ending is canon and there's a different ending than what we actually see and what sort of stuff. It's that the incidents happen and stuff happen. Even if you took it on that face value, there isn't anything important that needed to be brought across so it's more of a case of like yeah it adds stuff and it's definitely not a a bad thing but it's not necessarily for people to understand the outbreak in Raccoon City anymore yeah I'm in agreement unfortunately oh dear another one for this but I think it's important to just emphasize that is it it, the storylines in outbreak and the files especially do as as John said do add quite a lot of meat to the bones to the Raccoon City so I suppose it's one of those things if you're really really interested in what's going on in Raccoon City it's one one to pick up but in terms of the overall storyline Resident Evil Outbreak and Resident Evil Outbreak File 2 do not make the rep essential list Moving forward, moving forward, we're getting closer and closer to the destruction of Raccoon City, but before we get there, I think we need to look at some Chronicles. Oh yes, Resident Evil The Umbrella Chronicles. My dear Spencer, how the mighty have fallen. Your umbrella has folded, and now you are a fugitive in the same world you once sought to control. Fans of this game, released originally on the Wii and then later the PlayStation 3, will know this is retellings of some of the bigger games in the series, but also it contains a lot of newer storylines that fit into the main canon narrative. It also features the Umbrella's End scenario and the Dark Legacy scenarios. And because we've just talked about Outbreak with these specific scenarios, I think we're going to be very much in that same ballpark here. Certainly the retellings of Resident Evil 3 and 1 wouldn't be deemed essential for obvious reasons because they are simply uh, light gun retellings but what about the other scenarios that you can play in this game so just as a reminder you have beginnings which is Wesker's little jaunt through Raccoon City or the outskirts of Raccoon City back to the facility we have Rebirth which is how how Wesker survives the impaling of the T002 tyrant we have Nightmare which is how Rebecca ends up where she ends up in the mansion Uh, there's also a few from Raccoon City such as Ada Wong's escape in Death's Door as well as a new telling of the fourth survivor scenario which was first in Resident Evil 2 then with the Umbrella's End which is a proper full-blown three-parter we then have the additional Dark Legacy scenario, uh, which is from Albert Wesker's point of view. 
I'm thinking this may make the list, or at least some of them. Romby, what's your opinion? I really, I am denied about thinking about this. I'm, I'm still going to say no. As much as there are narrative beats that are there and definitely like, I mean, you've just gone through all the ones that are not retellings of the games. They're not drastic. To me, they're not drastically needed. If you don't know them, you're not really going to be missing out. The fact that they got told in this fashion is pretty much almost the point of why it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if you don't play a light gun game, is it going to matter? No, not really. If you do, you'll get more out of it, definitely. This, it's kind of like the, what we just talked about with, with the Outbreak games. There's more meat to the bones of the story, but is it necessary? No. And then you add the very basic retellings and sometimes weird retellings or expansions of bits from the previous games whiskers survival and ada's survival and all this sort of stuff the important point is that they survived whether or not you know exactly how or anything doesn't really change drastically by seeing it so yeah I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go on the side of no interesting interesting any differing views of that stars tyrant no i would say it, it's too <laughs> it, it's too it, it, it's ultimately it, it's not all that satisfying so guy as a character which gives you you know some of the shady goings on in umbrella um is almost designed to exist outside of the series canon which is why he never really meets anyone of any consequence other than wesker of course but then that's all done in the sidelines in that game anyway and i'm just not sure i mean is umbrella's end really as as compelling an end to umbrella as the opening of re4 is you know, is it is it really necessary? We managed for a few years without it, didn't we? Um, <laughs> and I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what you were what we were given in Umbrella Chronicles is really worth it anyway. Because the thing is, if you go into it, you know, if you just think I'm going to take Umbrella's end because that gives me some closure to that storyline, then you've got all the Talos stuff, which then you, you're going to go, well, where's that from? So then you've got to go back, and then you've got to play Dark Legacy, and it just then you may as well just play the whole thing, other than the replays. Fourth Survivor's good. If you're a push, you could have a Fourth Survivor. Again, down to accessibility and things like that, I wouldn't even say that's worth it, to be honest. That's a good point, and Ada, yeah. Ada's exit from Raccoon, again, why is there a tyrant attacking her? You really have needed to play Outbreak to fill in that gap, and it's just, it's a lot for what ultimately gives you so little. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I'm veering more so on the side that I think it should. I think because we are dealing with Umbrella's end and the demise of it, it <laughs> it's so poorly handled in Resident Evil 4, which we'll talk about in a bit, that I think people need to know that this is this is how this is how it went down and yeah, but then you've got, it's baggage nick it's baggage because yeah. then you've got to you've got to read prelude no i don't no i don't no i don't think you do i don't think you do i i i think playing you you make the you make the point that you can play umbrella's end and then you want taylor so that's okay well you can play um nightmare because that me, me, that mentions it doesn't it you see but, you yeah. see it with it with the body coming yeah. out the thing is then if you're trying to justify that it goes back to the same thing it might as well just be the Resident Evil 4 intro telling you that Umbrella ended. Did, did it need a, an epic send-off? It probably did in a different fashion once upon a time, but once we got the one that was there, people, as, as Sean kind of alluded to, kind of maybe four or five years after Resident Evil 4 had come out, it, it kind of it kind of missed the point, I think, at that point. It, it couldn't I, matter anymore. I just don't know whether it does more harm than good, Nick, to be honest, because you've got these epic send-offs of each game leading up to, up to this. You know, you've got everybody pledging in their own title that they're going to take out Umbrella, and taking out Umbrella is running around a big hanger with a tyrant tank and and that's it <laughs> that's, that's that's umbrella's end and i know there's more to it with dark legacy and the claiming of the red queen but then that just brings bad connections to 
the Anderson movies, and it's, it's just you just have to ask: Is it really worth it? Batman. It's a difficult one. This purely from a gameplay perspective, I can't recommend it. I think the Chronic, this Umbrella Chronicles in particular, is just aged really badly, and a lot of the scenarios just aren't fun to play. Even the main retellings of Zero, the Mansion Incident, and Raccoon City are very, very poor. Playing it now from a storyline perspective, it's a difficult one because what I think is really important about Umbrella Chronicles is the ending where Wesker steals the perfected T-virus and leaks it onto the black market because that changes the whole perspective of the universe. All of a sudden, the T-virus is available worldwide to terrorist factions and rogue governments, and that's what leads to such a massive increase in bioterrorism incidents throughout the world. And that's the catalyst for things like the BSAA being formed and events like Degeneration and you know Veltro and other terrorist attacks. So I think Umbrella Chronicles is massively important in that respect for the story but the problem is not much of that is physically in the game it's all locked in the super supplemental material that surrounds the game but i totally get where rob and sean are coming from you know the umbrellas end scenario itself i don't think it's really relevant because we're told what we needed to know in the intro of resident evil 4 and the whole talos project itself was just ridiculous anyway (laughs) when it comes to like the viral getting out you know t-virus being put out in the black market you kind of get a little bit of that in four as well from Lewis like he, he tells you that it's obviously been out there and people are looking at it and researching it so I kind of feel like bits of this like it was to explain that because obviously that came first yeah kind true of been, been kind of put backwards to kind of explain how it got into the public eye I, 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 again it's one of those things where I'm just like does it does it do you need to know more than it got out to the public maybe you need to know it was Wesker but does it does beyond that does it matter yeah it's another one of those wishy-washy ones I think. isn't Wesker stealing the perfected tire a t-virus only in the novel anyway well yeah it's not meant mentioned in the game but there is actually there is actually deleted dialogue in the in the ending that was recorded saying he was going to leak the virus onto the black market mm. and obviously obviously if he hadn't have done that then the future of the series going forward would have been radically different because there would not have been so many worldwide incidents it is important in that respect so i'm, I'm on the fence with this one to be honest <laughs> If we're talking storyline, I think it does have relevance, but as an overall package, I don't think I don't think it should be on the list. Well, this is a law storyline list to decide if you want to be fully aware of the Resident Evil storyline in at least at least ten games. I'm not quite sure we're going to make ten, but there we go. In, in ten games, do we do we need to know this game? Does this is this an important stumbling block in the ongoing complexities of the Biohazard storyline? Well, if we're going purely for storyline, and if we're struggling to get ten games on the list, then I'll say yes. <laughs> Do we need a tiebreaker for this? Because Nick, I assume that you're saying yes, given what you're saying. I th- and Sean and I are saying no. <laughs> Where's George? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, I think in the event of the draw, then because we're a positive, outlooking podcast, Resident Evil: The Umbrella Chronicles makes the list. <laughs> Against squeaks all- onto the <laughs> list, squeaks into the number ten position, the lowest position on the list. <laughs> squeaks onto the list against all the odds. That's how we like them here. That's how we like them. Right, staying with Raccoon City, it's one of the big boys, Resident Evil Three, the original from 1999. It was Raccoon City's last chance, and my last chance, my last escape. 
Of course, this has had the remake treatment, and in our synopsis and discussion of Resident Evil 2 Remake, we all felt that there was enough in the Resident Evil 2 Remake to relegate the original to the doldrums of non-importance, at least in terms of the overall narrative. Do you think we're in a similar situation with Resident Evil 3? Bear in mind that this was a much more of a reimagining than uh, perhaps that was given credit for, should we say. The, the game was radically different, I think, from the original. With lots of new storyline points coming in the remake but what about the original is that an essential game uh, we'll start with batman i think for this one. well the original resident evil 3 still remains one of my absolute favorites in the series from a storyline perspective i don't think there's a lot in there that's particularly relevant obviously we have the destruction of raccoon city that's referenced in so many other games you know even the story of jill's escape is perhaps not that necessary because up until 3 came out we were led to believe she was in Europe with Chris chasing down Umbrella anyway. As much as there's a lot of good stuff in 3 with the US government and Umbrella falling out is quite relevant but again that's not really in the physical game itself it's more in the supplemental material that surrounds it. As much as there's a lot of good stuff in Nemesis I'm probably going to have to quite controversially say no I don't think it's particularly relevant or essential going into Resident Evil Village. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's a, that's a bold take. Is, you, is it just because it's the original, or are you talking about the... I mean, if we quickly kind of bring in Remake here. Quickly. Well, we will, because we'll get back to it kind of separately. I'm just wondering whether the actual storyline of both games, which, you know, there's similarities, is that an essential storyline? I don't think it is, because it's essentially just about Jill's escape from Raccoon City, and we know from other games that she escapes Raccoon City. I don't think it's an interesting story. There's lots of good stuff in there, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's particularly essential. I think we learn enough about the Raccoon City storyline in Resident Evil 2. So I don't think the original 3 or remake is particularly essential purely in terms of storyline. You know, we've got good stuff in there. The Nemesis is infamous, but is he essentially important? I don't think he is. Stars Tyrant, what's your take on the original Resident Evil 3? Obviously I'm biased and, you know, I'd always favour it over the remake uh, because so much has changed in this. I would probably favour the original in being included over the remake, which well, obviously I went a different way with too. I would say it's essential. I'd actually have to check the differ from John here because for me, it's it's all about the, the bombing itself, not necessarily the contents of the game. And I know you learn about, but it's a, a very much a throwaway thing at the end of the game. Even in both the original and the remake, it's just a very thing that's thrown in and then you've just got to escape quickly. But I would say that because that is the catalyst of so many things that come later, you know, that single incident and the people involved in making that decision turn up in later stories. I would say personally, for me, it's essential. If you're going to chuck Umbrella Chronicles in, then I just, I can't, I can't see how <laughs> something as monumental as that moment of, you know, choosing to bomb a city. You know, bearing in mind that the, the seed that that plants gives fruit all the way to Resident Evil 6, you know, with Adam Benford's decision, which ultimately leads to his death. Um, I would say it's, it's essential for, for me personally, yeah. Rombie? Wow. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, I totally understand where John's coming from, but I also totally understand where Sean's coming from too. I think about it. I mean, it's it's a case where I think the the bombing I think is obviously the key thing. I think Jill getting infected obviously has an impact. But I mean, if you didn't know that and still what you see in Resident Evil Five, does that really make a difference? Probably not, but it does add to it on a on a straightforward story. I mean, I think creatively, I like the story that it expands Umbrella a little bit too with the 
the umbrella countermeasure visor countermeasures service the shadiness of what's going on and even in the remake form too like i kind of want to say yes i think there's enough meat in there that i enjoy and think is worth expanding the idea of what these the the umbrella corporation has been involved in what the government ends up deciding that yeah i want to kind of say yes yeah okay see where i'm at i'm convinced that the story of resident evil 3 whether it be the remake or the original is an essential component for all the reasons you've mentioned my issue is whether the original trumps the the remake in this regard is it goes back to the original point that we made is there enough in the remake of three to 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 you know to have you you still get all the those key points jill's infection the bombing there's arguably more in the remake though and it really it really depends if if capcom want to pull those threads later like because obviously they changed nikolai's allegiance a little bit and unless that's going to have some payoff later i don't understand why they added it and likewise the post-credit scene if you like of the un, you know unknown person grabbing the uh, vaccine vial unless that doesn't really lead into anything so are they are they going to build on that in a later title is that going to go into sort of storylines they're going to continue with 4R I mean they leave Nikolai's fate still ambiguous where they could have they could have put some closure on it but they also add a layer to Nikolai's character that he's been working for somebody else and it's I don't know whether that therefore unfortunately makes Remake 3 <laughs> for the purposes of this list more important oh Nick what have you done <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault Nick no. I think we've also got to look at accessibility of the original Resident Evil 3 as well. It's available on quite a few number of games, consoles. Is it still available on uh, PlayStation 4? On the, on the three. Is it 3 only, is it? It's PlayStation 3. Um, I presume it's still there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It must be. So you can play it on PlayStation 4. So there we go. So it's still avail- readily available. Much cheaper price. Um, I don't uh, think you can play it on PlayStation 4. I don't think you can play it on... No, you can't play it on PS4. Because you have to be able to games aren't backwards compat. On four, yeah, it's only oh. three, three, and obviously you can play a disc on one or two. Well, then. that's as far as it goes. Well then, so I mean, we're kind of bringing in the remake now. Perhaps we should just bring them all in together uh, rather than have them separate. Because I think this game, more so than the other, more so than two, as you said, adds a few bits there, but then it it tells it in a completely different manner. There's also, of course, because we put in Remake 2, it's going to help expand upon the downfall of the RPD, which is quite a nice, interesting subplot. You know, you get to see a bit more of that. We've we've kind of got two votes in favour of the original. What about... uh, John, you've already kind of said what you wanted to say about the Remake 3. You don't think think Remake 3 is essential either? Or has your view changed depending on what's been said? It's a difficult one. I mean, yeah, I didn't... I forgot about Jill's infection at the Nemesis, um, which obviously ties into 5. What I liked about Remake 3 is it brought more of the US government plot into it with the... Uh, Nathaniel Bard trying to use the vaccine as leverage with the American government so that was interesting but again I just I don't think it's an essential storyline I think we learn enough about what happens in Raccoon City and Resident Evil 2 I don't think we need both of them I think it just has to be one or the other and in terms of pure plot I think the storyline of Resident Evil 2 irrespective of original or remake is more important and more relevant than the storyline of Resident Evil 3 I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure because then we're focusing on another product to show that this is how Raccoon City destroyed. And that, that doesn't fit quite easily with me because then you may you could just have like read the archives. There you go. Done. <laughs> I, <laughs> have, yeah. I, vote, I voted for Umbrella Chronicles and Raccoon City gets destroyed in that. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. That is it's fucking rough. <laughs> but, you know, playing devil's advocate here, um, umbra- umbrellas end as unsatisfying as it is is covered in 
the intro of RE4, but, and also Raccoon's bombing is as well, isn't it? And Leon does narrate that for you to bring you up to speed, so I suppose I suppose it's there. I just want to clarify. I'm not. I'm not trying to suggest Resident Evil Three. The storyline isn't important. I just, if you want to get most out of Village and understand the storyline, getting up to there, up to that point. I just. I don't think there's a lot in Resident Evil Three that we is absolutely vital that you need to know to get there. I just. I just don't think there's enough in there. I think you're being outnumbered on this one, though, John. No, that's fine. <laughs> the que- I think I think the question is is um, solely now whether there's enough in remake three to relegate original. I think that's that's where the vote needs to fall. I I'm going to be controversial and say I'm going to vote yes to both of them. Oh, interesting. The the ultimate cop out. Both of them will have. Uh, why not cop because, out? Because 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 the offer. Thanks, Nick. Um, <laughs> Because because there is enough differences, I would I would always recommend people play the original over the remake of Resident Evil Three. I can't say that for Remake Two, but I definitely can for Remake Three because I think as a game, as an experience, the third has an atmosphere and an experience that's much better than the remake is. But from a narrative point of view, when we're talking about a list of stuff that, that people probably should know, they both have their things that are different, and they could both potentially use bits of either one for the future as sean's pointed out this some of the stuff that was changed in remake could come back up but then the narrative stuff that i still think is important there's some stuff in the original that isn't in the remake that i think is important too and i think it's better that people will be able to see both versions in case they go anywhere down that path where they follow up this in a much more straightforward way because while they might pick up threads from the remake they might also pick up some stuff that may only be more relevant to the og one because Technically, they, from according to Capcom, they all exist. So, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 torn. And so I thought about this before, you know, for days beforehand. And I was like, God, when it comes to remake three and original three, which one am I going to pick? And I'm like, I honestly can't because while I don't like remake three as a game, from a narrative point of view, I think it's important because it's where it'll probably go forward. And I think considering what I said about the original in regards to how it is for the story and Umbrella and the US government and Jill, those things are important in both. So I'd, <clears throat> I'd cop, love to cop know. Out. There you go, cop out. <laughs> I'd love to know a more, pers- I'd love to see more perspectives of people who um, have played Remake 3 first before the OG, because I wonder if going back that way round, I wonder if OG 3 suffers a little bit, because certain things, as much as I, I really can't, understand remake three very much but um you you know you you could argue things like the nathaniel bard method of getting the vaccine is far far more um interesting and probably plausible than carlos finding it in a basement (laughs) yes and like i know we obviously have a connect you know an attachment and a a love for things like the dead factory and the you know the, the tyrant battle that happens there but ultimately it's kind of inconsequential to the rest of the series it's just juicy lore if if you like it People who've played Remake 3 will think, well, this Dead Factory is so shit compared to Nest 2. You know, I, I genuinely wonder whether that is a thing going back, whether whether Original 3, I wonder if it'll come across as a little bit underwhelming because it's a lot more subtle in what it did. Right, I think we need to conclude Resident Evil 3 then. So I think it's essential, the storyline outvoted as being essential. It's purely which game. Rob, you've said both, taking up two <laughs> slots on our top ten lists. Lee, with yeah, that. I know. <laughs> Starstone? Oh, God. Original three, yeah? Original three. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't. Which one? Which one side, Nick? Which one? What one? Original three. Doesn't we'll put make remake it. Three in. Put remake three in. I hate it. It's all about accessibility <laughs> and things like that, isn't it? <laughs> Does that mean I have the casting vote? 
because it just you, hurts. You do. Because you everyone's do. got a completely different a different opinion on Remake 3. It's well, like lining up your favourite pets and just shooting them one by one. <laughs> <laughs> Coming into this, I was OG3 the whole way through, but I think being reminded of the Dr. Bard storyline and the importance of it, I think for the same reasons we said for Resident Evil 2 and 2 Remake, I think you do get enough of the storyline and the narrative plus a little bit extra in Remake 3. Like it or loathe it. It's, would you say accessibility influences a lot of these decisions, Nick? Because that is a key thing, isn't it? Is I think that's that the second... I think that's... Yeah, I, 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 that's the secondary point. I think that's where we always come down. So from a law point of view, it's like comparing which one's got it. So Join the dark side, Nick. Join the dark side. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> For that reason... Resident Evil 3 Remake makes the rep essential list. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> right. The John's net- quietly disappointed in the corner. <laughs> he just wants to go shoot himself right now. It's not my fault it's made the list. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Moving onwards, the next game in the entry. We're going back to the era of the Chronicles with Dark Side Chronicles. Who is this man? This whisker that Leon was talking about. And if I found him, could he help me regain my strength? Now, a bit like Umbrella Chronicles, and we're quite confident that the retellings of Code Veronica and Resident Evil 2 are not essential for obvious reasons. But what about Operation Javier? This introduces uh, Krauser into the mix. It shows Leon what he's up to post Raccoon City. It shows Wesker, and it shows the use of the T Veronica virus in a new and exciting setting. But do you need to know this in preparation for Village? Bear in mind, you start the game in a village. Rombi. <laughs> that is dreadful. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I got. I, I didn't think you get outvoted. It was a split vote for Umbrella Chronicles. I. I'm gonna say no again. I think again, the stuff that comes later, especially like Krauser, for example, on a narrative basis, you get enough of an intent from Resident Evil Four, and we haven't even decided if Resident Evil Four is important. You know, realistically, yeah, I'm gonna go with no. I don't. I don't think I really have much more to say. <laughs> Remake Three is taken out of me. <laughs> I'll come in now. I as as much as I, I actually like Operation Javier quite a lot. Actually, I think it's quite quite a good one. I can't see it being particularly essential. I don't think there's enough in there. Krauser's nice, but we've got to remember that in RE4, of course, he was a new character then. And whilst we get the backstory, I, I don't I don't think he's important enough. So it wouldn't it wouldn't make my essential list. What about you, Starzone? It's, it's it's interesting. I don't think it it should be included. No, but just a just an interesting observation that just hit me as we were talking about it, is that, you know, obviously we're going to get onto Resident Evil 4 soon. And one of the things we've already always said is things like other games in the series have retroactively made 4 better, but we're taking away all the things that do that. So, like, Dark Side Chronicles is a good one because it does explore a little bit of, like, you know, Krauser's and Leon's relationship. So then when you get to Resident Evil 4, it's not completely out of the blue, but I still wouldn't say that warrants it enough to to be included in this list but i just find it like you know i find it kind of ironic that everything that came after resident evil 4 to bolted on to make that game better we're now just stripping it all back (laughs) down to like resident evil 4's sort of almost neutral (laughs) neutral release 
uh, which was quite unsatisfying for uh, you know a series a series fan at the time. You know, it, looking aside what all it did for gaming and all that, it was still quite unsatisfying for us. But with you know strictly speaking to Dark Side, no, no I don't thing. think Javier is it's, it's inconsequential to the rest of the series. Batman, clean sweep? Yeah, I would agree. Although I, I will praise Dark Side Chronicles for the reasons Sean just said because. It, it does, you know, this game does what um, a lot of the other games should do, and it provides mini sequels. You know, we get a mini sequel to Code Veronica, and, and we've already mentioned Krauser. You know, the, the Resident Evil series doesn't do enough of that, in my opinion. Playing through it chronologically, you're going to enjoy Resident Evil 4 a lot more if you've played Dark Side Chronicles. You know, you're going to enjoy Operation Javier if you've played Code Veronica. I'm I'm all I'm sort of tempted to give it a pass because I wish the series did more of this type of thing. But ultimately, is it essential? No. But it saves me having to play the full game of Code Veronica anyway. I can just play a game of Oblivion instead. So I'll always I'll, I'll always like it for that. There it is. There it Jesus. is. Well, Where... Next thing you guys are going to tell me you like rocket-powered lipsticks. Fuck's sake. <laughs> there we go. Dark Side Chronicles does not make the rep essential list. Mm. Next up, we are going underwater with Resident Evil Revelations. So this is our man. I knew it was Veltro. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. Surely this is an essential game. This showed the coupling up again, if if you like, of Chris and Jill in a brand new adventure. It showed the BSAA in action. It showed the use of the, the terrorist organizations. We had a new virus. We had a new organization, the FBC, kind of under the auspices of the government. But was it was it essential? Do you need to play this one? Bear in mind that the T Abyss virus is a one and done virus. Do we need to know the inner rumblings and wranglings of uh, intergovernment, uh, intergovernment departments? I know this storyline has always been uh, controversial, and Batman, you're probably the best person to dissect that storyline, having done a few law playthroughs on YouTube for us. What's your take on this one? I think the overall theme of the game is relevant. This is the first consequence of what happened in the end of Umbrella Chronicles, because the T-Virus is now readily accessible, and people are starting to use it and manipulate it to create new things. Obviously, it goes into the backbone of the creation of the BSAA, and the fact that we've got corrupt people in American politics who are willing to orchestrate large-scale terrorist incidents for what is, in their opinion, the greater good, but it's not relevant to the overall series going forward. It's quite a a self-contained game. It does have some kind of important references. There's a few Easter egg nuggets to what's going to happen in Resident Evil 5, but again, those Easter eggs connections are not really physically present in the game itself. It's more the supplemental material that surrounds it. Revelations is a weird one. You'd think it should be important because it tells the backstory of the BSAA. It has Chris and Jill in it. You know, there is a backhanded reference to Tricell in there. So all the ingredients are there, so to speak. But like you say, it's a self-contained story. It's not... Game doesn't leave a massive impact on the storyline going forward. So for me, it's another no. Another no for revelations. I think that's a really important point about the impact because we we've always talked about how Terra Grigia is just like oh yeah yeah another little town blowing up should be on par with Raccoon City. Star Siren. No, I don't think so. I don't think it impacts enough to be honest. You have to sort of really be a law aficionado to enjoy the most and wrangle the most out of uh, revelations. The fact that most people require a grand 
wall size chart to be able to work out all the <laughs> factions and, and, and the interweaving of the storylines. Although, you know, like you say, John does summar- summarize it very well with those YouTube videos. No, I would say not, in all honesty. I don't think it influences enough. Rombie? I'm going to say no as well. I mean, I don't know how John's going to feel about me saying this, but I feel like Revelations is where, to me, a lot of the stuff of the modern timeline starts to bloat a lot. And and I guess Sean's kind of getting into that with the chart and lore stuff, but I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on, but how consequential is it to an overall narrative? A lot of it is self-contained. It does influence future organizations and events, but is it necessary to know all this for going forward? Probably not, because you get enough from other titles. I mean, I as a game, I, I'm not a huge fan of the first Revelations anyway, and it doesn't, that doesn't help my influence and interest in trying to understand the story because it means having to go back and going through it again. It's, it's not a, for me, it was not much of a fun experience. So, yeah, I'm going to say no. I would agree, reluctantly. I like Matea Bissavirus. I think it's quite a cool little, cool little, cool little um, virus, but I agree. I, I don't think it's been, I, I think it should be essential. But in, in the sense that it should have been made a much more important event and it should have been used as a, almost a secondary catalyst for future storylines going forward. I think it could have been, but yeah, they haven't capital, capitalised on what happened with the ending. Like, they've ignored Jessica and, and Raymond and, and they've shelved the T-Abyss virus, so it feels a bit unfinished. There we go, so Resident Evil Revelations does not make the rep essential list. Now we're turning our attentions to the big bad of the series, the most controversial title, but perhaps the most universally loved in the gaming community, Resident Evil 4. Where's everyone going? Bingo? I'm going to start here and be very simple, completely inconsequential. Batman. I'm going to say the opposite. I think it's important. I think, as it stands today, I think it's uh, what happens in Resident Evil 4 is very influential, both to the future storyline. So, I'm going to say yes. Why, though? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because... I- because at the time, I think it um, gave us a, just a, a completely different storyline, and I think we needed that at the time. It, you know, yeah, we've we've already said getting rid of Umbrella that was shit, but the introduction of the Plagueis, I think, has become more important as time's gone on. The whole involvement of the rival company, you know, Resident Evil Four, that's their biggest role in the whole storyline, the whole series is what happens in Resident Evil Four with them, and obviously Resident Evil Four. Seeds for the resurrection of Umbrella, which are massively relevant now going into Village. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say without Resident Evil 4. I, I just think it's very easy to look back on Resident Evil 4 and say, yeah, it's it's inconsequential because it's basically about some mad cult trying to take over the world. But if you, if you break down the elements that's in that game, I think it's very, very important. Rival Company, they're very important. The resurrection of Umbrella, that's important. It's got Wesker in it. It tells the story of Leon's evolution from rookie police officer to seasoned US government agent, I think. And as Sean's pointed out, there's, there's many other games in the series that have bolted bits onto Resident Evil for to make it much more important so I, I think yes it is an essential game to play in your journey through to village I just think there's a lot of good stuff in there I'm just going to caveat some of my points well my, my point I, I, I think obviously it's an important game for many many reasons which you've discussed in the last podcast 
I just think a lot of the points that you raised you could probably get out of five personally, such as the Plagas and the rival company. I know it's Tricep, it's not quite the rival company, but I'm not sure how important that's going to be in the grand scheme of things. So that's where I was kind of coming from. I think there's enough you can get out of it out of five i mean arguably you could even say the origin of plagas is in five anyway so well it looks, it looks to be so i you know it's I, i'm not sure what about you Rombi? Where, where's where's your head at with this one uh, i'm i'm going with yes as well it, it's it's simply the fact that i and john's kind of pointed out pretty much everything i have to caveat that it's that it's obviously important that you play one of the versions post original gamecube release because the extra content that was added in the later releases is another bit of reason why I would say it's important because of the extra stuff you get from the other Ada scenario is obviously a relevant story piece to do with Wesker and the rival organization. Other than that, I mean, uh, it's one of those hard, uh, as a game, you know, we went through in the last podcast, I think it's, hasn't aged particularly well. I think it's too long, all those things, but does it impact that much on the story? No, it's still the story. And I still think if we're leading towards a, a, a more understanding of the origin, the background of Umbrella and the rival organization, all this sort of stuff is the stuff that we've seen so far hinted at Village may be leading towards then. Yeah, it's important to me. It's a tough game to get through. It's a long game, so there's a lot there, but you know, it's it's definitely, I think, just as relevant. And obviously Ada, Ada as well. You know, Ada's still a huge mystery in the entire Resident Evil storyline. And again, Resident Evil 4, you could argue, is, is probably one of her most important um, roles throughout the series. Okay, am I going to be outvoted or is it a split vote? Star Siren. Uh, I think it's essential, Nick. As much as, you know, we're, we're only a podcast on from a you know, big breakdown of it and I said everything I needed to say there. And from a law point of view, yes, we've just acknowledged that also that other things have been bolted on and make it more relevant. But, you know, you don't know how relevant yet until we get village with obviously like the rival company being involved in four if they are going to make hcf that rival company well what's brought back in resident evil 7 we don't know how that's going to lead into village so it might be important to play we don't don't necessarily know yet so i'll err on the side of caution and include it but you know there, there is the beginnings of like you know leon's furthered role in the series but more than anything, just to, moving briefly aside, putting the law to one side for a moment, is the fact that Village is being described, and from what we've mm. seen, absolutely right, as a spiritual sequel to Resident Evil you, 4 in terms of mechanics and merchants. You, you stole the exact thing I was about to say, if you hadn't yeah. brought it up, Sean. I was exactly going to say that, that that 4 is still, it's a village. I know Nick made a joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it is a literal village, you know, and the mechanics, the the, the uh, inventory system, the merchants, you know, these things all came from 4. So obviously 4 has a lot of influence on this, so I feel like they're going to want to kind of tie a storyline through from 4, 5, it's like North 6, but like, and 7 and 8 kind of together. That's that that's, to me, feels like where this is going, yeah. 100% increase one. Oh, there yeah, we so go. That's an essential from me, Nick. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, outvoted, but there we go. Resident Evil 4 makes the rep essential list. We are rapidly moving through this. We've only got a few more titles to go, and I think this one's going to be swift. Resident Evil 5. Things are really getting interesting now, eh, Chris? Do you actually think you can defeat me? Either way, I'm not going to stop until I'm dead. Surely this one. Chris, Jill, Wesker, Tricell, 
Plagas, Uruburus, everything you could possibly want. Spen <laughs> Spencer, you know, the actual protagonist. Surely this is an essential one, Rombi. Yeah, yeah. Add, add in the Gold Edition DLC, Lost Nightmares. Yeah. 100%. more about it. It's easily one of the best storylines of any game, any Resident Evil game. Um, I think that's universally accepted whether you like the game or not. And people know I'm not a big fan of Resident Evil 5 as a story, as a, as a game, but you can't deny its story greatness. Batman, in agreement? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's. Um, you can't really say it's not essential to the storyline. The only weird thing about 5 for me is. As much as we praise the storyline, God, there's so much of it is just in the background. You know, you play Resident mm -hmm. Evil 5, you can get all the way up to chapter 5.2 and absolutely not a lot happens. <laughs> you know, it's really strange. But yeah, the overall story and everything that surrounds the game is, is massively essential, yeah. Star Sergeant, you're a huge advocate of this game. One of your favourites. Absolutely. Um, for all the reasons said, and the fact that it is the bookend, in my opinion, to like so many of the storylines, you know, with uh, it, it could have been the end of the series for so many characters. And obviously, they've, you know, they're going on to, you know, bring Chris back in many, many times in different ways. But I mean, this could have easily been a closure to the series. It's that sort of monumental. And obviously, it explores... We, we, when we talked about Zero, one of John's reasons for potentially not including Zero is that so much of it's covered in Five, you know, the events and the history of Umbrella and things like that. So it kind of almost makes this essential by default based on what we've said earlier. So yeah, absolutely. You, you learn a lot. A lot of it's text screens on loading. Um, I appreciate that. And a lot of the, the, the character files that you unlock as you go through the game, there's 12 of them. And they give out a lot. So there's a lot of reading materials material to do in this but it's it's fascinating and the way it ties back to previous games like jill's infection and things were i remember you know sat there at the time playing resident evil 5 literally blown away by how cleverly they were weaving the past story of previous games into this and it's i think i still think to this day the series needs another game like 5 to come along and and weave everything together um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm putting a few hopes on Village. I hope it's going to do a similar sort of thing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, the involvement of Spencer, absolutely important. The the patriarch of the series, almost. Resident Evil Five, perhaps unsurprisingly, does make the Resident Evil podcast essential list. Continuing with the Wesker theme, uh, a bit of a fan favourite here at the podcast, Resident Evil Revelations Two. Are you sure you don't need me, Barry? I'll always need you, but for now, I have this. Now, if you've played Resident Evil 5, you'd have picked up on the Alex Wesker storyline, and you may have been interested to see where that game goes thereafter, and Revelations 2 has all the answers. Is it, though, essential? Star Star. Uh, we don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. Because <laughs> um, obviously you need some sense of closure from the fact that Alex gets introduced in 5 and this kind of gives you some but then it leaves it wide open for a Natalex to return. Until that happens, Resident Evil Revelations 2 for me sits in a sense of purgatory. I, I love it. It's one of my sort of favourite modern titles. It really, it really won me over as I've spoken about quite a lot. And you know when you sort of tie it in with Heavenly Island and things like that it all works really well. It's a nice little cohesive story that they built around Alex Wesker but I just don't know no not not in the road to village no absolutely not 
Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, Batman? No, I don't think so either. I th- I was massively disappointed with what they did with Alex Wesker in this. I appreciate they tried to do something different with her so she didn't just come across as a, a Albert Wesker clone type thing, but to just have a dying of some terminal illness and a whole storyline be revolved around some silly mind transfer plot, I just thought it was just massively disappointing for me. And I said... Even when the game was released, when we first completed it, I, I think Natalix, the whole concept behind that was um, one of those uh, infinite plot threads that's always going to dangle. I don't think Capcom has any intention of ever addressing it. I think it's just going to be left as a thread for people to uh, purposefully always speculate on. I'll, I'll be very, very surprised if it ever gets followed up on. So for me, Resident Evil Revelations 2 does not make the list. Rombi, in agreement? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Sean in that I would be interested to see where it goes if it does go somewhere, but I'm also understand where John's coming from too, that it is a bit of a weird one, and should they ever pick it up, how do you really pick that up? So, yeah, I don't think it's, especially if it's towards Village, probably definitely not important, and overall, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'd agree. I think there could be a, I think there could be a future storyline that ties into Revelations 2. But perhaps it won't be in line with Village. I think that I think that's the crucial distinction I want to make. It, it's interesting because one of the early rumours of um, well, not rumours, one of the fan theories was that all the vampiric women were the characters from Revelations too. You know, Claire and uh, Moira, and it was going to be Alex exacting revenge on Chris, which would have been a dark storyline to go down. But um, yeah, it's clearly that's not what's happening. But there is desire, certainly an appetite in the community to try and, you know, get those storylines from Revelations 2 continued. Um, I just don't think it's going to be at this point in time. Yeah, I think you're right. It could be one we revisit in the future. So, But at the moment, Revelations 2 does not make the rep essential list. Mm. Now, another numbered entry for us to discuss Resident Evil 6. Deja vu, boys. Raccoon revisited. But this time, it won't just be one city. It'll be the whole world. My god, if you want to replay this, you're going to need to put some time in your schedules. We could look at some of, and this is some of our supporters have suggested, that perhaps only parts of it are essential, so perhaps one of the character's storylines as opposed to the entirety of it. Um, So factoring that together, do you think there's an essential element that can be gained from this title? Stars, I know you're a big fan of Six. The sliding, you like the slides. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it, it's worth saying that I enjoy the game. I wouldn't say big fan. Enjoy it. I just try and find the positives in it more than bring it down for its failures, of which there are plentiful. I would say so far on our list, all the numbered games bar zero have made it. Is six going to make it? Is it? Is it important? This is really tricky because, like, really no, because nothing happens. And one of the biggest criticisms we've spoken about the game all the way through the years of doing this podcast is the fact that every character start, uh, ends as they began. You know, even characters like Helena who, you know, contribute to the president's death, gets away completely innocently at the end. You know, there's no consequence for any character whatsoever. You know, this was supposed to be Chris's big departure. You know, he even talks in the game to Piers about, you know, how it's time for him to, you know, retire and and move on. And then in the end, obviously, what happens with Piers in that game means he stays, he chooses to stay. I don't know, because... On the road to village, certainly you want to see every step of Chris's journey. And for as much as nothing really happens and everything gets wrapped up with a bow, you know, by the end, um, it's still part of his journey. Potentially, 
You might have to come back to me. I might have the swaying boat later. <laughs> but, it, you know, in the road to village, that's what this strictly is, isn't it? The road to village. This is a part of Chris's road to village, I guess. So, But do, is, is, is there enough between, say, five and his then subsequent appearance in seven? Does six add it, to that storyline? No, because six <laughs> adds nothing. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, the, the only thing six sort of contributes to really with that gives it any kind of lasting impact is the reintroduction of Sherry yes. you know, and, and catching up with what's happened to her um, but that could have just been told in a file or anything like that Sherry's actions in the games don't really change or define anything it's just more of a being caught up with her Ada ends as she begins Leon ends as he begins it's and What's your, your take on Neo Umbrella? Neo Umbrella is one of the worst things that has ever happened in the series for me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and that, Well, it's a good point. It's going to cause confusion with Village, isn't it, if they do bring back Blue Umbrella? You know, if people play Resident Evil 7 and 8 and with Umbrella coming back and then go back and play Resident Evil 6 for the first time and are confronted with Neo Umbrella, it's going to confuse the shit out of them. But having said all that, I think Resident Evil 6, it's a good showcase for how the universe has evolved as a consequence of what's happened in previous games. We're getting outbreaks happening all over the world now. And if we're talking about an essential Resident Evil journey going up to Village, surely you're going to enjoy Village more or if you play enough of the series to see how these characters grow and evolve. And as much as we say the storyline of Resident Evil 6 doesn't really go anywhere, it's probably one of the best games in the series for me for individual character moments. I think you will resonate with Chris more in Village if you see what he goes through in Resident Evil 6. And likewise, you know, it shows Leon's journey from what happened in Resident Evil 4 up to Resident Evil 6 and how he's become close to the president and how he's influenced the president's decisions and policies in regards to bioterrorism and it obviously explains how bioterrorism is spiraling out of control um, and that's a problem again which has relevance to the village because that's another reason why blue umbrella was brought back because the bsaa just can't handle things anymore i'm going to controversially say yes there's there's massive faults with resident evil 6's storyline but i think there's enough elements in there that makes it essential to enjoying the experience of Village. I just think there's enough character beats in there and there's enough connections to previous games to make it worthwhile giving it a go in the build-up to Village. No pun intended. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you say for all the scenarios, or you know, as some of us, um, our, our community have suggested, that perhaps only Chris's storyline is relevant? I don't want to go down that road, really, because then you just start and we can. It's very easy to say, well, we'll just pick the best bits out of each game. If you know, I think we need to talk about it as a whole package. There's okay. a lot of filler. There's a lot of filler in the game which isn't relevant. Yeah, that goes without saying. And characters like Jake Muller, yeah, very interesting. Is he essential? Probably not. But if you just take the overall package, I think there's enough in there that makes it essential for the list in my opinion what about you Rombie what's your thoughts man this is a tough one this is actually a really tough one I thought before before when we were coming to this I was like six ad there nah nah but listening to both Sean and John it's like they made some good points and I'm kind of like yeah maybe I'm on the fence of it here too Resident Evil 6 is a game that is everything in the kitchen sink and none of it's done very well and that includes a lot of the story beats and it is self-contained pretty much for the most part you know things do happen to some of the characters but it's all new characters and the established characters as Sean correctly points out pretty much finish where they started Chris goes on a journey that essentially takes him from semi-depressed to back in the game to out of the game to being pulled back in by the end and it does give a resolve to where his character is and it could be very relevant to how where his character has gone in the village through 
what we've seen, little we've seen in seven. And then at the same time, I can't get over some of the story beats and I look at the overall scope of the actual story in the game and I'm like, this isn't relevant. It's It, it comes with the caveat that if you're playing it for the purposes of going towards Village, it's more to do with exactly what John said, which is to do with the character moments, the expansion of characters and where they are, who they are, more so than the story itself. So on a story basis, it's kind of like, no, but on a character moments and situational thing for you to understand better where these characters have been through and on a big picture of outbreaks, it's a yes. So I'm going to say overall, yes, it's probably the easiest way to, to answer it. Okay. Yeah. I must say, um, John and uh, Rob reminded me that um, some of the character beats and interactions are amongst my favorite moments in the series. So yeah, they've, they've done it. Nick, it's, it's in with me. There's my final answer. I despise Resident Evil 6. <laughs> I, I, but... I knew the sliding would get justified. I love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> so, so there we go. One of the first games we ever reviewed, I think, on the podcast. Resident Evil 6 does make the rep essential list. We are nearly wrapping up, but there's a few more entries we want to talk about. And this is the most controversial. Is, against all odds, Resident Evil... Umbrella Corps, an essential game. Just when I thought you were toast. Wow. Indeed, your resilience is commendable. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> it's absolute tripe. I mean, if anyone has had the misfortune of playing it, it's awful for a single-player campaign because that's what we're talking about here—the single-player campaign. It's available PlayStation 4, not Xbox, but so it is. It's readily available. You can still buy it on PS4 or PS5. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's available. It's available. This I would suggest pains. It pains me. (laughs) It's going to be a bell to this. (laughs) Even even say it that actually, in order to understand what the hell Blue Umbrella is, to get a grip as to is that the Umbrella Corporation working with Chris Redfield to even have a remote understanding of where Capcom are going with their storyline I think you need to play Umbrella Corps oh that feels dirty oh, oh. and I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to get a bit of an ally here in Batman because he knows the the, the Umbrella Corps storyline better than anyone with all the various organisations going along and it's caused so much discussion in fact arguably too much discussion over the years in the community about its importance but I think we've reached a point where there is a decent understanding of what Blue Umbrella is it's a goodie slash it's actually a baddie the Umbrella Corps organisation their involvement, I, I've got a feeling we're going to be talking about a lot of supplemental material as well so whether that whether that's the important factor so Batman what's your take? I think Umbrella Corps is massively important <laughs> because the hugely important multiplayer sections confirms definitively Wesker's resurrection <laughs> and he's obviously going to be pulling the strings behind whatever happens in Village so Resident Evil Umbrella Corps goes straight to number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, come on, let's just... Why are we even talking about this? Capcom themselves, when they advertised the game, said, look, it doesn't have a fucking storyline. There is no story, just it's a shooter. Just enjoy it. Let's caveat this. There was obviously a, a plan at one point to have some actual narrative going on in this thing, and then yeah. they decided not to. And that should tell you the, the, the actual answer there in itself. Yeah, and there's, there's, there is interesting elements in it that adds to the world building, if you like, but there is nothing essential in here. 
you know, they're not going to use a game like Umbrella Corps to sow the seeds for some major storyline going forward. It has the blue Umbrella logo in it, albeit red and white, but that's it. There's there's nothing else in there. It's just it's just purely a, a tactical shooter, and there's some world building elements bolted onto it. That's it. It shouldn't. We shouldn't even be talking about it. Really, it's it's completely irrelevant. <laughs> Read a wiki guide or uh, you know a summary on the internet um, because honestly, I fear that someone playing this as part of an excited road to the village uh, might kill off any enthusiasm you have for any later entry in the series. So stay well away from Umbrella Core. I plead you. Or, or potentially any interest in the series at all. Exactly. Yeah, the experiment is not generally very fun to play, and you know you will feel your life sapping away as you play it. Rombie in agreement. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, unless we want to go on another rant about like Antarctic bases still being standing and umbrella logos on crates. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the final game we've actually want to specifically talk about Umbrella Corps does not, perhaps surprisingly, you may think, does not make the rep essential list. Mm. We have a bonus round. Oh yes, a couple of bonus rounds. Oh, not that noise again. (laughs) (laughs) So, a couple of um, questions have been asked when we were uh, proposing this podcast. Was any of the CGI movies, so we're just going to clump them all together and we can have a quick discussion. Do any of the CGI movies, that's Degeneration, Damnation, or Vendetta, do you, I mean, they're easy watches, aren't they? It's a couple of, you know, an hour and a half of your life. But did you feel that any of them really impact upon the storyline going towards Village? Oh, God, what a, what a question, Nick. Because, you know, like we've just said about Resident Evil 6, you know, it's, it's the road to Village for Chris, isn't it? Chris is in Vendetta. <laughs> I'd argue Vendetta it muddies the water for Chris, personally. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Mm. Out of all of them, I think Degeneration's possibly the most interesting. It is, but it's not outside of a couple of mentions in RE6 files. It's mm. not brought up again, really. Mm. I'm struggling, and, and Damnation, of course, have got some teens, a bit of Leon, a bit of Ada, still unresolved, but it's all they're all very self-contained as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Damnation's only other appearance outside of its movie is one radio broadcast in Revelations 2, isn't it? So... Which we haven't said is essential. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to sit through Vendetta. And ultimately, Vendetta doesn't do anything to Chris's character. I mean, it almost, like you say, it stands out anyway. Because it doesn't sort of match where Chris is in his, in his life at the point, at that moment. So I would say no to all three. All three. You, you know, Batman? Yeah. yeah, same. And and the movies are hampered, aren't they? Because they have to cater towards new audiences more than the games. So they're always going to have self-contained storylines so as not to confuse new audiences. So I'm not dissing them in any way. I enjoy elements of all three of them, but I wouldn't say any of them are essential to the storyline going forward. Same here. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where if you watch them, you'll enjoy them for adding some more interesting stories with these characters, but for relevance of Towards Village... No. no, there we go. So I'm afraid fans of the CGI films, none of them have made the rep essential list. We have one space left on our top ten. Nine spaces have been taken. We now finish off with a round robin. I'm going to go through a couple of other canon debatable entries into the Resident Evil series. All I need from you guys, a yes or no for any of them. Here we go. Operation Raccoon City. No. 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 Resident Evil Gaiden. Yes. 
No. 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 Oh, same, same, same. The Mercenaries 3D! <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Confidential report! Yes! I, I, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's a no. 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 Mahara Desire! No. 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 Heavenly Island? No. 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 Finally, Biohazard the Stage? No. No. No, and not Voice of Guy either. Look, we are actually Resident Evil fans. We, are, we do like the series. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, this is relevant to canon in Toys of Village. Yeah. yeah, this is this is it is important to remember that this is just strictly for a beginner's roadmap to to village. Obviously, if you you want to deep dive into the lore after playing village, do everything absolutely. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. We have been through the entire series, and we can now confirm the top nine top nine <laughs> <laughs> list of Resident Evil games leading to Resident Evil Village in no particular order: Resident Evil Seven, Resident Evil One Remake. Resident Evil Code Veronica X, Resident Evil Remake 2, The Umbrella Chronicles, Resident Evil 3 Remake, Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 5, and Resident Evil 6. Those nine are your certified essential lists in the build-up to Resident Evil Village. So in a nutshell, it's just the numbered entries plus Code Veronica, isn't it? And Umbrella Chronicles. And um, Umbrella Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose one of the most interesting things is if you're looking at, you know, looking back on that as a kind of retrospective, is the fact that we generally have been favouring the OGs of two and three over the remakes. Yet for this list, obviously thinking about it for like a newcomer or someone wanting to bring themselves up to speed, we've chosen the remakes, and I do think that's fascinating, and it says a lot about a perception about how things in the series have changed. It's I find it a little bit sad to be honest that they kind of have superseded the originals in a in a sense of importance. Not to me personally, but just generally. I tried to say both. (laughs) (laughs) I know, know. and that's admirable. On that bombshell, then, we now turn our attentions to this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. For the past eight years and five seasons, we have brought you groundbreaking lore. In-depth analysis, game reviews, and high-quality content. We've also brought you untold controversies, countless tales of underhand tactics, all in aid of the quiz. Uh, I just like to announce everybody that uh, this is zero points for me this week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. So my nomination person said seven, but I didn't agree with seven. I said it was seven T, and then you said it was seven T. I didn't want people to think I'm cheating by just saying the same number that someone else has said. So I just, just the next number that sounds similar to seven seventeen. I swear I did not cheat, yo. <laughs>
Quite frankly, if, if we only got one point and that's the winning score, then we're not doing our jobs right and we're all going to have to hand in our biohazard cards. <laughs> Welcome to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Everyone can clear their desktops, you can open up Notepad, we've got five brand new questions. Let's go! Question at number one, where do you find the assault rifle scope in Resident Evil 3 Remake? I don't even think I ever picked it up. Is oh. that only in easy mode? Because obviously it's an easy mode item, isn't it? I've no idea, is it? It's not in normal, is it? I don't think you can get that. It's maybe an unlock for I... a new game, new game pluses or whatever. Or... Well, don't worry lads, the Quizmaster wouldn't expect a question like this without researching the question first so it's all good question number two comes in from zombie girl outside of helena harper and angela miller who is another character laura bailey has voiced question number three a, a, a new type of question let's see how this goes down <laughs> so it's a where am i question so what you need to do is visualize a map okay and then tell me where i am so you have to. You're gonna have to really bear with me. So I'm in the original Resident Evil One Mansion Main Hall. I've headed west through some doors and exited through the only door in the next room. In this room, I've entered the door directly opposite before walking as far as I can north, then turning east and walking until I get to a room and enter. What room am I in? Different type I of like question. That. That's good. <laughs> okay, question number four. I am a Juavo infected with a C virus. I've become a chrysalid, and what has emerged resembles a lizard-like creature. What B.O.W. am I now called? Question number five comes from Happy Smelly. How many times does Leon say the famous line, Ada Wait, in Resident Evil 2? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There are the five questions. Join us after this one. We'll run through those answers. Welcome to the office of Dr. Nathaniel Bard. Please state your business clearly into the intercom. Dr. Bard, are you in there? I'm here to rescue you. Open the door. No voice match found. Uh, voice match? What kind of sci-fi bullshit is this? Welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Let's see how how well everyone has done. So question number one was, where do you find the assault rifle scope in Resident Evil 3 Remake? Rombi? I think it's the Star's office. Because I think it's for the section with Carlos because he has the assault rifle. Batman? I have no idea. I'm just going to say the hospital. The hospital. Okay. And Star Starrant? I'd remembered after um, you moved on that, of course, you play as Carlos, and that's where you get, get the unlockables. I was thinking it was for Jill, which is why I had some confusion um, with her um, easy mode assault rifle. Uh, I, I just went for a guess, Armoury in the RPD. Afraid. It's the West Office in the RPD in the security <laughs> box. There we go. No points there for anyone. So question number two was outside of Helena Harper and Angela Miller, who is another character Laura Bailey has voiced. How well is your voice acting knowledge, Starstone? I know this. It's Sherry Birkin in Darkside Chronicles. Okay, Rombie? Yeah, I was going to say Sherry Birkin. Batman? 
Yeah, I was. I don't know. I don't know how I knew that, but that was in my head. Sherry Burke in Darkside Chronicles. It is Sherry Burke in Darkside Chronicles. Well done. Well done. I think a bit of George has influenced us. After all these years. There we go. So points all round there. Question number three was, where am I? So I'm in the OG Mansion Hall. I've headed west through some doors and exited through the only door in the next room. In this room, I've enter the door directly opposite before walking as far as I can north before turning east and walking into a room and uh, before entering into a room at the end so what room am I in Rombi I think it's the greenhouse Batman yeah the greenhouse Stars Tarrant the greenhouse indoor garden I've got written down is the greenhouse well done that was good I thought it was quite a funny little question just to no, test test your mem- memory more, skills please. more of them there we go <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. You, I'm glad I got you to repeat it because the first time I heard them back front and I put myself in the outside garden. Ah. And then when you when you repeated it, because I was like, man, I'm, I'm hang on, maybe I got my west and east confused somewhere in the middle there because I couldn't think. Like I first I thought I was going west, and I was like, no, hang on, that can't make sense. Well done, well done. So question number four was: I'm a Joavo infected with a C virus. I become a chrysalid and have emerged as a new BOW that resembles a lizard-like creature. What am I, Batman? I think it's the Streelats. Rombi? Uh, I can't remember the original six enemy names, so I had no idea. <laughs> okay. Stars Tarrant? It is the Streelats, and I'm pretty sure this question came up in like Biohazard Stars 3. Probably. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a recent one. It's more recent, this, so definitely a repeat question, this. Uh, apologies. Well, we're only or up to... Your, your question. We are only up to about question 500 in, in 10 years, so uh, apologies. Yes, it is a Streelat, so points there to Rombi... I'm sorry, uh, to Stars Tyrant and Batman. And finally, question number five is, how many times does Leon say the famous line, Ada, wait, in Resident Evil 2? Rombi? I guess five. I have no idea. Five times. Batman? Oh, I don't know. I'll say six. Six times. Stars Tarrant? Is it across all four scenarios, I bet, as well, isn't it? I don't actually know. Like, like, um, Happy um, Smelly just sent it to me. I haven't, I, I haven't I'm, checked. I'm going to go three, because I was trying to run through them through my head, but I'm not as keen on Leon B, so I don't know the difference. Three. Is three times. Point to Stars Tyrant. <laughs> well done. Well done. Wow, wow. So let's have a look at those final scores. In third place is Rombi with two points. In second place is Batman with three points. But this podcast winner with an impressive four out of five, it's Stars Tyrant. Yeah, it does yeah. happen, everybody. Every now and then. Congratulations, Stars Tyrant. Thank you, thank you. There we go. Sharper of mind in the morning. <laughs> yeah, a recording in the morning. And we'll get a winner. There we go. So that does finish this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Join us next time when we'll have some more questions. Wow. So that has been quite a lengthy podcast, I think. We've gone through... The entire series in one go, which is quite a bit of a, a mean a mean feat, considering we are very rapidly approaching the 25th anniversary of this wonderful, wonderful franchise. Next up, we continue our, our roadmap to Village with our final preview of the game. So by then, we hope, we hope there will be a new demo so everyone can play it, not just PlayStation 5 owners. And we're going to talk about everything that we know up to that point and then give our final, final impressions and previews and what we hope to see in the in the in Resident Evil 8 
is also, ladies and gentlemen, the series finale. And you know what that means. That usually means we need to crown a winner of series six of the Resident Evil podcast. So who knows what's going to happen in Neptune's Biohazard quiz. So you definitely want to tune in for that. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our Rep Essential countdown list. I hope, I don't think it's too controversial in the end. I think we've had good discussion points and the games that we've discarded have been discarded for various and valid reasons in the in, in the circumstances. So, of course, we're, always, we're really keen to hear your views and if you've got any comments you want to make, then pop along to our Discord. It's an open invite. If you go to our website, you should be able to click on the community tab there and there's uh, you can connect to our Discord and join in with our discussions. We mentioned in our news we have that specific uh, roadmap to village playthrough where you can talk about all our comments and, uh, and, and your opinions on the game. Again, thank you all for listening and join us next time. And on that note, it is goodbye from me, Neptune. Uh, goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, Stars Tyrant. Goodbye from me, Robbie.